0: I'm not afraid of
1: Welcome to episode 93 of Zapped to the Past. I am Adrian Mills and I'm joined as always by Graham Raddings. If you haven't listened before, this is a podcast where we discuss games that were released for the Commodore 64. Last time, we looked at our second batch of games from issue 38 of Zap 64, which we are in no way affiliated with, and were buggered by Bob Winner, weirded out by Wheelies, and animatedly hunted xenomorphs in Alien Syndrome. This week, we conclude our look at the games in June 1988, along with what was lighting up our TV and cinema screens that month. So, Graham, fill us in... On the glorious delights to come. In
2: this massive Tupperware tub turned post-Christmas biscuit container of an episode, we grab our best Hawaiian shirts, wink suggestively at the camera, and investigate crime in the half-frog-half-man world of Frognum P.I. Not really, we actually stalk corridors and platforms looking for a tyrant beast in the impressive Draconus. We get fully pumped, screaming coherently about lawnmowers, and then body slam our brains as we explore the turn-based, badly digitised world of micro-league wrestling. We save on gasoline, annoy the hell out of Lord Humongous and just walk away from the side-scrolling car-crash nonsense of Road Warrior and get an overwhelming case of de drearies in the good-looking but samey guts. Are there just extra dry shortbread biscuits left in your post-Christmas biscuit collection? There was in ours. We also see if 3 is indeed the magic number as we once again help Matt Tracker and the Mask team defeat the baddies in Venom Strikes Back. We shave our legs smooth and head into the gorilla infested dungeons looking for IP infringement in the dubious gothic. We further explore the run and poke genre, this time with added gremjin in the pokey and annoying North Star, before finally slipping into our best denim vests, tying a red bandana around our heads and grabbing a baseball bat as we prepare to punch and smash our way through a rescue mission in Target Renegade. A man frog driving a Ferrari is indeed impressive, and so are some of the games this month too. But are they as impressive? That's the question
1: glorious glorious yeah we've done that joke before i should change these intros glorious <laughs> glorious uh yeah so this should have been out. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed battle of the pilot yes <laughs> if you listen to did. it because you'll, you'll have listened to that by now illness and covid and stuff's got in the way and so things have been going on it's been a crazy christmas moving house yes it covid it's just been all over the shop so we're we're kind of back um, so if I don't sound my usual chirpy self, that's probably why I'm still suffering a bit. Yes, it was more gold frankincense and gur this Christmas. <laughs> it's gold frankincense and phlegm. <laughs> just, just so much phlegm. you um, so won't be very happy with that. <laughs> what baby <laughs> here's, Jesus? Here's a box. phlegm. a box of phlegm. Ah, that's <laughs> like baby sneezes. So what? What it's been like? <laughs> baby cheeses. Yeah, some, some baby bells. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty. Pretty grim, but you know, it is what it is. It had to catch me at some point.
0: Yes, yes,
1: yes. The dreaded vid. It was, yeah. I was always really good at Blue Boy when I was a kid. So, uh, you know, I was always good at avoiding stuff. So it's taken over two years. So it got me in the end. Yes, it end. gets everyone in the end. It does. And, uh, it's, I felt like well, everyone it have was. Been a dr- <laughs> dramatic sound there. Dun, 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 dun. dun. <laughs> 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 in too much space, 1999. <laughs> Absolutely. But my face was non committal and rather bland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're not allowed to react you're not <laughs> all right okay uh, should we do some games because uh, we, it's we've, time we've got a few to get through how many we've got today is it eight I think it's eight yes it's eight eight today eight games loads of stuff to get through right let's crack in then so let's get on with this and let's get on with this fast Um, you got the first one, the budget one. The silver medal is Draconis. Draconis. I always liked Draconis. Um, just wanted to st- set that
2: out there. I, I never um, played it, so. Well, it's funny. I, re- I remember getting it um, thinking, wow, this is quite interesting. It's 2.99, so it's a budget game, as you say. 92%. Not bad old score, either. Mm. Um, this is from Zeppelin. Um, it was coded by Kevin Franklin. He did Zybex, amongst did. many others. Yeah, he did. And graphics are by Michael Owens. He did Zybex. He did. Amongst many others. And <laughs> uh, the uh, musician was Michael, was Adam Gilmore. He did Zybex. <laughs> amongst um, many others? Amongst many others, yeah. Hey! <laughs> uh, title screen was Michael Owens. He, uh, he also did uh, Zybex. 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 And the design here was also Michael Owens. Responsible, he did. what did he I said. What uh, did he do? Zybex. As <laughs> oh, Zybex. well as many others. As well as, as many, many others. Um, so to quote the blurb, uh, Draconis is set on an alien planet ruled by the tyrant Beast. He must be obliterated in the final screen of the game. Do To get to that stage... The mysteries and magical forces which unfold before you must be understood and harnessed to progress through this multi-screen epic. On your journey through mm. the Labyrinth Complex, you'll meet various nasties such as giant rats, bats, and sea serpents. I don't know if they're all giant. Um, together with the sprinkling of terror toads, and ferocious caterpillones. I'm guessing that's caterpillars. There's a, of, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot
1: of words put together in this game, I, I feel. Harder to describe are the bonz blobs. <laughs> See?
2: <laughs> Balls of gooey matter which drip from the cave ceiling only to bounce around in mid-air, causing you even more problems. I'm sensing it's a bit like silly pate. Boing! I've never seen an appetizer do that before. Never have I. You've never seen Bonds <laughs> Blobs. Um, To help you, (laughs) to help you, um, are many useful artifacts like the demon Shield, Necromancer's Staff, Dragon's Eye, Morph Helix, Flasks of Flame Fluid. Flasks of Flame Fluid is not something you want to say when you've got a bit of a spitty cough. Mm -hmm. Uh, Energy Crystals and many spells help you on your way. Mm -hmm. There are two main characters between you which you can switch through during the game, namely a tall Frognum and the Aquatic Draconute.
1: (laughs) Frognum sounds like a really crap uh, version of Magnum. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah he'd be frog at the top and not human at the bottom
1: like, still in a hawaiian it's... shirt yeah, yeah
2: as he pulled up in his uh expensive uh ferrari you're just a frog head you're like oh god and Higgins was like, what
1: What the hell is you?
2: <laughs> There's been some terrible crime committed, but I don't want him to help. I don't too want help. He's too slimy. He's <laughs> too slimy. He just caught a fly when we were talking to him. It was gross. Uh, anyway, Frogn- Frognum duh, 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 can walk. Frognum can walk. He can walk, jump, punch, duck and breathe fire. Exactly as Magnum could. He? <laughs> he
1: could, yeah, in that really <laughs> weird episode.
2: That one episode where he, where he we went full-blown
1: froggy. Yeah, he went froggy
2: for time. <laughs> Draconute can blow water jets. Doesn't say where from. It just doesn't say where from. Lucky, lucky water jets. But can never leave the water as Draco-Nuke. Um All right, I never, just, just go with that. When on a morph slab, uh, pulling down will transform you into Draconute if you have the morph helix. So you got to collect that in order to be able to change characters and explore more of the more of the thing. Right. Pushing up, pushing up when underneath a more slab will turn you back into Frognum. <laughs> <For> <laughs> um, on losing one of your three lives, the game takes you back to the last record slab on which Frognum has stood. <laughs>
1: Can't think of it now without Hawaiian shirted Frogman. I'm very sorry. I'm very very sorry. It just came to me. <laughs>
2: Background such as spikes will touch you. If It uh, will touch you. They'll kill you if you touch them. Never mind. Touch them. Mm-hmm. Um, the screen shows the magical items ranged along the side with the energy scrolls to frog them on the top and Draconute at the bottom. During play, you can pick up flasks of flame fluid. As I said, each flask holding enough for 10 good blasts and Ooh. energy packets, which will put your energy right back up depending on whether you are Frognum or Draconute. If Frognum falls too far, he will lose energy and it says in the instructions, may be killed. I can tell you, he will be killed. He will fall in half like a weak Frognum man. Um, So Draconis then is an arcade platformer uh, where the player games control a frogman. a beast
1: similar to a dragon. He's kind of a dragon.
2: Is he a dragon frog? A frog dragon? I don't. I have no
1: idea what it was. Man. He's a he's a Yeah. He's a frog he's a, yeah, he's, yeah. He's something. And
2: as i said, that's the mission. You've got to destroy the tyrant beast. It's essentially a sort of fairly simple gameplay in this, actually. You've got to just explore loads of different screens and, incinerate stuff and find stuff and and you know it's your choice whether you decide to you know, dive in get into your swimwear and go for a swim if you can find the helix to change you into uh in and out of frognum um so there's some nice presentation to draconis actually and um, considering it's a budget game it actually it looks more expensive than it is i think it's fair to say um there's quite a nice feeling to it it looks nice it's no denying that really some really good nice backgrounds in it i thought very Sacred Armor of Antiriad-inspired, mm-hmm. to say the least. Oh, Cauldron 2, a little bit of yeah. Yeah, that kind of style. That kind of style. Very palace-looking, actually.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, the controls are okay, I think, once you get used to them. Um, and the main screen, essentially, is where you play out the game with a little bit of UI. Um, but it actually, there's quite a lot of game area to... Sc- Go, and the actual game runs and controls it's so like I say okay and it scrolls fine um, and I, I found the controls a little bit annoying I don't know why just a little bit like if you pre- if you pulled down to crouch if you did it too much you can kind of it's kind of went, and you kind of hopped up and down a bit and just silly <laughs> stuff like that where and is, you know, I'll, I'll come to the sort of jumping thing. But the controls, like I said, it just took a bit of getting used to. Crou- the crouching click is, I think it's a bit annoying because he sort of bobs up and down. Jumping is very dramatic, but I suppose he is a frogman. So he sort of more leaps than jumps, really. Kind of got, sort of goes, dive, <laughs> frogman, dive. <laughs> <laughs> um so it's a bit of a dive and so that it's the movements seem a bit more grandiose than the grand confined quarters of the game sort of allow so it feels yeah. like sometimes yeah. you're over moving for the small area that you're in which is always in these games you need finer controls really because that can get quite annoying. when you're trying to jump up platforms and you sort of bounce off them and you ping all over the place and silly stuff like that happens so it, even though you're sort of in caves they do feel kind of a caves on. i don't know the caves what is it a cave d- dungeon type environment i guess yeah, yeah. It still feels crowded and small. The whole thing isn't dissimilar, actually, in a weird way to Notes of Yes Odd, just more lizardy, more froggy. Um, yeah. Because you're, yeah. you're going around different flip screen environments. Yeah, um, so hacks back to underworld, doesn't it? Yeah, on, it's that kind of vibe, you know? And, you know, there's mileage in that kind of game at this budget price. Um, so there's already, you know, there's a bunch of games like this. And it, so it's not doing anything, you know, crazy dramatic, but it is quite a nice premise. It's kept simple. Not terrible this game at all, I don't think. At three pounds there's a lot of game in it. Lots of places to explore. A couple of game modes, so you've got more dynamics. It reminded me of another game that we played way back when you dived into a pool and I couldn't get out again. I couldn't remember what it was. Um it was a Richard was it Richard Darling game, one of the first ones or um not maybe not Richard Darling, but it was Camelot, way way back
1: Camelot Warriors. No,
2: before Camelot Warriors, it was a really early one we played, but it was a budget one, I think. Anyway, I mm, do remember. Um, but in that one, because you could di- you could ch- turn into a diver and you could dive into the water, but I couldn't remember. I couldn't dive out of the water. I couldn't get out once I was in. It was really annoying. But anyway, it's a bit like that kind of game. You could explore, you dive, you go swim in, you frog, you frog them, solve crimes, getting them a Ferrari <laughs> now and again. <laughs> I didn't see any of that in this.
1: Um, Raise your eyebrows suggestively at the camera.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. It's just never going to have the same impact now in my mind. I'm going to see a <laughs> frog headed man. Uh, so, like I said, three quid, plenty of game, place, lots of place to explore, more game modes, things to do. It doesn't feel crazy punishing. Aside from starting at the beginning screen, or you know, if you don't get to one of the plinth things, then you, that that could prove to be a bit frustrating. But in a game, if you bought this game and bought into it, You'd be mapping this out and you'd be figuring out where things were. And you'd be, you know, you maybe take your time with it. Um, there is a flow. It, so it does feel polished. And the music and sound effects I thought were really good in this. Um, we've used, many times used the um, draconis music in the podcast as interstitials and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's been used many times. I really like the music. It's got a really melancholy feel to it. It's kind of sad. I don't know. You know the life of a frogman is obviously not as easy as you might <laughs> want it to be so this is something of a quiet dullness perhaps in its gameplay um that's one of the things i didn't like about it wandering around gets a bit frustrating if you're not into it eventually and the link between objects and objective seems a bit easily lost in this so you know at the Mm -hmm. end of the day you know that you've the idea of the game is to um you know get rid of the what do you call it get rid of the i've even forgotten i get rid of the tyrant beast that was the name of it but as you go around picking up the objects and moving stuff and bringing the fire and stuff like that it's a, it gets a little bit you know impossible missiony y and that sort of you kind of almost forget what the end goal is a little bit because it doesn't remind you often enough that you're on a journey of, of a type Some a lot of mm-hmm. these games seem to fall into that trap at the minute anyway I think I think maybe after a while you'd forget what the whole deal was and maybe you wouldn't i don't know maybe maybe you would i think if mappers are going to be into this because they'll mapper's going to map 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 out there they're going to love it Mm -hmm. um and i did like it it is a strange melancholy that's hard to pin down but it is kind of there it's got sad just sad and overtones to it i just don't think the life of a frog man Frognum, is or a draconu is all it's made up to be um with the sad kind of themes i guess it's just not no it's it's an interesting premise it's a decent game good graphics are good Sound is good. Everything's there. It's a budget price. I don't know that ninety two is a little bit high for something that is very formulaic, but you know, it's been a lot better than some of the other guff we've had recently that have tried this sort of thing. So at three quid it's a bit of a ga- bit of a goer, I think. It's worth your time to revisit that one. Um I think to see what it's like. It's not terrible. Um it's not amazing, <laughs> but it's not terrible. And you know, now I can't think of Magna without thinking of a frog person anyway. <laughs> What did you think?
1: <laughs> I'm sorry to ruin that for you. Um, <laughs> I didn't watch a lot of Magnum, but now it's just going to always be Frognam. 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 Ribbit. A slow pace. Yeah, it's a slow-paced flick screen adventure, isn't it? It sees you plays either Magnum or a draconute. Um, I thought there's quite a lot to like about it. Not The visuals are nice. They're very good. Yeah, they are. Uh, it's really, the flame animation's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's all good. I mean, it's, a, it's got a nice... You know, obviously playing it on a LED monitor, it'll a bit sharp, but I can imagine on a CRT telly back then that yeah, blending look would look a lot nicer so i think it would look a lot nicer back then and it's got yeah. a decent title screen and tune it's every, all the presentation around it nice title screen and everything it's all good controls are simple enough two methods of attack pace of the game at least to a more considered arcade co- platformer than we've usually seen um because it's, it's a bit slower paced, isn't it it's a bit more yeah it's, bit it's bit more and and there's elements like you said of anterior in this but there's things in this that i did like i, I when if you die on your way somewhere Enemies stay dead. So there's screens when you go back yeah, through that's them, you true. don't you don't have to fight. You know, like in the Anterior, where you're just constantly bothered, and it was one of the things being yeah, annoyed. Yeah, and yeah, sometimes yeah. you'd enter a screen and you couldn't avoid getting hit. This is like, no, you once you've cleared a couple out and you've sort of cleared the way, if you die, then getting back there is fairly easy because everything's dead. And I think that's quite a nice uh that shows some nice uh, sort of affordance to the player because you don't have to fight through the waves of enemies again and just get to the same point again but you've lost the same amount of energy and blah, 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 the same thing. So that's quite good. Um and I thought that the actual variety of different enemies on different screens was was quite was impressive as well. Yeah, Not all the same good. stuff. good animations. Yeah, also all good. You know, the guy the guy who gave us his Zybex along with many others. Um it's another quality budget title. Um for 3 quid. I think this once again shows quality and value far in excess of most full price titles that attempt that are attempting to do something similar and we've seen quite a few of these but I think this guy's onto something he's, he's cl- he clearly knows what he's doing and and he's making these you know making these games in these styles of stuff not original per se but they just work and they're good and they have a high yeah, production good quality. versions
2: of the things that they yeah. aim to be Yeah so uh,
1: this is another this is another good one I would say it's I mean it's I think it may be not fully our cup of tea but I think the 92% is 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 earned because of the, the presentation i think the the quality of the game that's there there's the amount of game that's there i think this is i think it's fully deserving of that amount even if like you know it, it may be something that i sort of uh, admire rather than probably enjoy i think it's the right way to say it um but, yeah actually yeah i'd go with that so yeah good stuff a uh, nice opener yeah um and yeah. certainly good you know better than some of the crap full price shit we've been seeing recently that's for certain yes yes it is so yeah draconis that's our first
0: one
1: let's get into our uh a ferrari and drive away and maybe hopefully our (laughs) next game will be just as good and our next one is well it's a disc only 15 quid this is micro league wrestling so Micro League Wrestling. This comes from Microprose originally. Um, it comes, It's the first officially licensed WWF, as it was back then, World Wrestling Federation, yeah, yeah. before it got, you know, taken down by the pandas. <laughs> so including all your favorite wrestlers like Hulk Hogan, Randy Macho Man Savage, Mean Gene Oakland, Ted DiBiase. Did he have a nickname? Yeah, he was the Million Dollar Man, was it? I have no idea. I don't know. Ted, Teddy BRC,
2: the Million Dollar Man yeah,
1: I am not the person to review a, a WWF wrestling game. I recognize yep. names, but about it Jake yep. the Snake Roberts and Ravishing yep. Rick Rude. Yep.
2: Yep. All, yeah, yeah. All...
1: Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, watch these titans of authentic grappling action face off in a digitized turn based wrestling game. Yep, that's right. Turn-based mm. wrestling, turn-based, mm. and digitized in pog form at that. <laughs> uh, anyway, this was released over here by Micropros, as I said, but originally comes from Micro League Sports Association, developed by Rydell Software Productions Incorporated and Subway Software, which consists of Michael J. Rydell, Arthur J. Aspromatis, and Remington Imin. And the digitized imagery was provided by Video One. I don't know who those people are. I've never heard those names before. I hope nope. I never hear of them again. Um, <laughs> this was disc only. Came on a whopping four discs. Four? Four discs. Four
2: discs. Four um, DNAs in the Scotch. <laughs>
1: absolutely. But the extra discs are just there for the extra fighters and fights. You, you, I'll explain it all in a bit. If you just want... so But essentially, if you just want Hogan versus Savage, and let's face it, who doesn't, um, you're good with just disc one. When the game loads and the crappy, jaunty music and logo is finished, and that was pretty crappy, the way that it sort of tries to sort of... Duh, 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 uh, whatever that bit where it comes just, on, it's like... It, I was no. like, oh... Just don't do that. Don't. Especially when you're complete with plenty of screen glitching. So oh, get used to that. To raster dots all over the place. Like, oh, did you, all oh. you've got on is a bit of crappy screen and some text. What are you doing? Um. Anyway, you get some options which allow you to fight as the wrestler's loaded in or you can load another disc for different fights. Each disc is preloaded with a single fight as far as i could see so you're not you're limited to who could fight whom you can't do mix and match it's basically who's on that disc is who's fighting i think that's right isn't it that's how i found it yeah that's the way i found it yeah yeah i don't think you could sort of load in dibiassi versus hogan if you wanted one of the discs no, i never got that impression no so it's just basically this disc is this disc is and that's that so pick your fights if you press one it gets you to the options and there's lots of them you can choose your control method from keys to joystick to mouse <laughs> For reasons the best know. way to control the wrestling game max <laughs> turn based wrestling at that <laughs> um or to the company you can just like the computer and you can have a computer for both players one and two which is the most boring pointless thing you could ever do with your life don't ever do that i did it and regretted it immediately <laughs> Uh, and especially if you want a 10, 20 or 60 minute fight. You just sit there for 60 minutes watching the computer fight itself. <laughs> it's just... Just
2: don't do it. We're telling you this, so... Don't ever you do it. that. No. Once
1: done, you get to name the arena. So Calibos Arena was born um, and the game loads in the intro sequences. So here we get some digitized pre-fight verbal sparring from both fighters. Um, it's just essentially, you remember the bits before the fights in WWF where they'd have a go at each other. Oh, I'm going to take Hogan down what he said about so-and-so. It's that. But just in a single digitized image with some text at the bottom and maybe a couple of extra images as well. It's pretty crap. Then we get digitized intro sequences, <laughs> which are, I laugh my head off at these, completely with some crappy music from about 1983, it sounded like. These, these are awful. So once all that's done, we get into the fighting itself. So the screen itself at this point, it's split into four segments the largest of these is the digitized image of the fight itself to the left and this is at the top and top in the middle to the left and right of this are the moves players one and two can select each turn so you've got like a list of moves below, below that is a bar which represents your dominance of the fight and on either side of this bar is a number showing how much damage each fighter has taken at the very bottom there's two digitized commentators who say repetitive things as each move is taken i take it these are well-recognized commentators um but the only ones i knew were i think were vince mcmahon and jesse ventura i think was him was it uh yeah he was a wrestler there's normally i can't remember the name they no, yes i, I yes, think he popped agent, up as a commentator yeah. on disc three i yeah. think it was i think yeah he was, but i think, I think. was the other one was calling him vince so i presume it was vince mcmahon it was the only yeah it guy would
2: be, yeah because he, he now owns it all i think
1: yeah, yeah he does yeah the, the rest were just digitized faces to me and it didn't mean anything because you didn't tell you who they are anyway each turn each player selects a move from the options available and these are set up in kind of four categories so at the top you've got basic moves like kicks punches so on more advanced moves uh then you've got more advanced moves like knee lifts and clotheslines and things like that um then you got the signature move of the wrestler and there's finally a block <laughs> so it's basically you select one of these and either the opposing player so if you're playing against person or the computer will decide um their move you select them you can see what you is doing so you just do whatever you want um and then the computer will decide who has come out on top for reasons i could never ascertain so I did read somewhere that certain moves beat certain moves, but I don't understand what beats no. what. This is <laughs> no, sometimes something, I don't know. And it basically is a little box underneath the moves. It'll just say success in one of them. And that means that your move has worked. So what happens then is you'll then enjoy the spectacle of some frames of digitized action as you or your opponent's winning move is carried out along with some commentary from the commentators. You'll then get a reaction shot of the crowd. Damage will be taken, dominance of the fight will shift a little, and you get to choose again, and so on, and so on. And so, someone has barely any energy left, and someone, or whoever it is, is losing, gets pinned to the floor for the count of three and match over, and that's it. And that's it. This is essentially turn based wrestling. This also came out for the Amiga, the Atari ST, and on DOS. And it seems this C64 port is another in a long line of those titles that really just shouldn't have been. This, I can't, I can only imagine, just, just no, just, this shouldn't have happened. I had not look at the other versions from a visual standpoint. The Amiga is a standout. It, it looks by far better than any of the others. The ST one's terrible. And so is the DOS one. But the Amiga one actually does the, the digitized stuff is quite good. But the blurry brown pixelated mess that is the C64 version shows that this should never have been attempted. I mean, that that opening shot. Um, I thought I thought my digitized images had crashed. That opening shot of the crowd and the sort of arena. It's just a, I was like, what is that? Oh, it's, it's is that the ring? What What is that? I don't know. It's just terrible. I guess it works as intended, if this is how they intended it to do. But turn-based wrestling has all the thrill of having your toenails pulled out one by one for me. And then would see each move start off with a gurning, digitized Hulk Hogan looking like he's about to give a blowjob. That was about it for me. It was awful. Um, I played through a few <laughs> rounds of this, but found it all incredibly unsatisfying and bafflingly low quality all the way through. There's more screen glitches on this than any other game I've played. Um, even wizardry, better than this, all the way through. There are more, uh, even on the title screen. There's just a logo and some music. There's just loads of them flickering away. I didn't get it. I didn't understand this. I didn't understand what the thought process was. A thoroughly pointless exercise. I guess it could appeal to hardcore fans of WWF itself, and I suppose the C64 has got a large user base in America, so I can see why you know get a C64 version made and out. Because with a disk drive in Americans, they probably lap this up, maybe. I don't know. I give this three rectum rumblers out of three, and that's not a good thing. That's all that's all I can say about this. This was terrible. This was really bad. Boring, blocky, glitchy, ugly, painful to listen to, dull ass. No, this was not a good game. And for 15 mm. quid, this got 60%. Well, 59%. Bloody hell. <laughs> that's yeah. being incredibly generous. Incredibly. Mm. I mean, it's not. I mean, Lee Enfield or Bobn are bad, but it's it's not great. What about you? What did you think? Uh, What did I think? I think fifty nine percent is a bloody
2: stupid review score for something like this i get what it's trying to do i do kind of capture the tone and feeling of a wrestling match using that digitized visual I that get i get the idea of it Uh, it isn't what happens but i get the idea of it you know ambition (laughs) and all and all that blind ambition and i suppose the best thing i could say about it because i don't disagree with anything you've said and i I have not a lot more to add um it's an interesting take and i think on other systems that had the ability to play video mini clips later down the line, this was, would probably have worked. This might have worked. It reminded me of a very crap um, Philips CDI type game.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: that kind of idea. Now, they're them early DVD type games, doing you know, where yeah. was that horrible pause when you selected anything. And it just reminded me of, if you imagine with one of them on a Commodore 64, you're not far off exactly what you've got. Everything in it's just stupid. Slow, stupid. It's just, you know, if watch a wrestling match on TV. because it's way better you know if you like that kind of thing if you're into that then this isn't going to offer you anything it's a very expensive way of i mean the idea is i suppose that if you're a fan of one of the wrestlers that you can choose from then selecting you know whether they do a you know a kick or whatever and seeing in two frames of blurry digio vision maybe that (laughs) would fill your boots i don't think it would i don't think you know they're pretty vociferous about how the wrestling is conveyed from my understanding of the fans of the WWE, as it is now. Hmm. So they don't, don't, I don't imagine that are taken kindly to this. Very proto, very, very proto, early DVD type game, if you ask me. Like a Dragon's Lair. Imagine if Dragon's Lair was done this way. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's not that, you know, it's the, that kind of idea, isn't it? Fortunately, someone went, should we do Dragon's Lair like this? And then they went, no, no, never. Not doing that. And they didn't. <laughs> no, they didn't. Somebody didn't say that. There wasn't that reality check. So this sort of two-frame, simple digitized still thing when you do see the moves. They don't look like the moves in wrestling. It doesn't capture the movement. It's just like looking at someone's bad photo collection. (laughs) Um, No, this is the shit collection of Polaroids at best, bad blurry Polaroids that make you angry. Yep. Um, So, and you also, you need to know about the moves. You need to know what they do and what the counters are. And you have to be really, really patient understanding when it comes to visualising those, because they don't look anything like the things that they do when you actually see them. So, you know, if Jake the Snake Roberts is going to do a DDT and you select DDT, you're going to want to see a DDT, whatever the hell that even means. (laughs) Um, But you ain't going to get it from this game. So in all in all, for 15 quid, it's just lame. This is no fun. No, this does not make wrestling fun. What a crazy thing that this is. Because that's now such a you know a multi-billion-pound franchise, mm. and, and it was it was no small fry back then. I mean, these, some of these WrestleManias, they're getting hundreds of thousands of people attending them, and online millions. So to think that this is where that, that the game versions began. I mean, nowadays they actually look like wrestling matches, don't they? But not here, not in this one though. Mm. Um, so now, naff. and the fact that it's called Micro League Wrestling, which is weird. Instead of calling it WWF. You know, WWF tells me everything you need to know that they looked at this and went you are not putting our name on that on the box <laughs> you know, the, the less people that see Hulk Hogan looking like that the better
1: <laughs> yeah, probably um,
2: so no 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 and I like, quite like the wrestling back in the day you know you this did. era was my era when I watched it, some of it you know I quite liked it but you know, it was. just for the fun of it all you know I'm not, I would hes- have, wouldn't would like anyone to think that I took it seriously I didn't apart from when I broke my own bed trying out the moves which was a stupid thing to do <laughs> <you know. laughs> never do that <laughs> no don't ever do that <laughs> no, really don't ever do that but um no naff naf, just naf. I didn't like it um, there's better wrestling games and that's not saying a lot because the ones we've played have all been a bit crap but it's better than that that's not very good it's just bad polaroids do not a game to make goodbye no, goodbye. no they
1: don't no no there we go that's micro league wrestling pointless pointless and crazy turn based digitized wrestling who, who needed that nobody did let's move on quickly and graham you got the next one <laughs> this is road warrior tell Ugh. us all about tell us all about the road warrior <laughs> <laughs> well let me tell you first off humongous is not going to be happy
2: with this <laughs> I've, I've written the very same thing <laughs> he's not lord humongous you know he's not there's not a lot of information on road warrior as well to find i know it's a crl game oh god again um, yeah but um i didn't it's not on lemon so i couldn't find out a lot about the who in CRL is responsible? Well, does it doesn't matter. It's just CRL. No, um, It's by them, them that did it. Anyway, it's not a big game to discuss, really, this. Every year there's a vicious biker gang in town and they have a race. You're fed up of them. So you decide to get in your car and become the road warrior. All <laughs> right. That's it. That really. you got that's to drive it. along the road shooting bikers or running them over. Keep an eye on your fuel because if you don't kill a certain amount and, and then stop for fuel, you get killed. You do. And that, that's it. that's it. There's no real story to it. That's it. the story Uh, the game is viewed from above your vehicle as you control your speed staring with a joystick fire button fires your cannons or does it the screen shows apart from your vehicle and your road your speed fuel score and how many bikers you got to kill I found the opening screen for this a scroll text nightmare (laughs) the names of the vehicles bounce left to right Yep. the tiny, it's tiny road warrior graphic then you've got the cars that you can choose from which there's four and each name of those inexplicably just bounces left and right left and right left and right and then below at the bottom of the screen um, there's three more scrollers going across the bottom of the screen at different speeds and then, and the discordant and quite horrific main theme chokes the SID chip to death before your very ears <laughs> it's like by the end of that you, the, SID, the SID chip itself is tapping out it's like no no more now it's unpleasant on the eye and the ear <laughs> digitised tap out <laughs> it is duh, uh, duh, the four duh, vehicle duh. types. <laughs> uh, the four vehicle types you can choose from is the Sport Five Zero One Hundred Four Five Six. Catchy. The Tinkly Winker. <laughs> right, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> the open top tub and the typical usual one—they're not my names. That's the names that are in the game. By the way, the there is a quite a nice opening loading screen to this as well, and that's the only only thing that's worth thinking about. Mm-hmm. So they're all displayed on this side and top down, so you can choose. No other discerning information present at all, so you've got no idea what benefit each of these cars have over another one. another Really, I didn't see any indication. Selection is indicated by a flashing arrow, and you'll want to do this quickly before the music gives you a migraine. So you won't want to dilly dally fiddle faddle too long on that screen no you don't the game itself is a side scrolling race or of a sort i'm i i do not think it's a race really what you call it a side scrolling thing nightmare at the top of the screen you've got your current speed and mph and your quantity of gas below that well Think about an enlarged and slow spy hunter on its side, going left to right instead of bottom to top, and you've got the gist of this pretty much. A um, bit zoomed in. Below that is the score, number of lives, and the number of things you need to kill. Pressing space bar seems you would just simply arrive at a petrol station where nothing happens whatsoever. Nothing. <laughs> um, so I just pulled up a press space bar. I didn't really know I could do that. I just press space bar. I was like. Eh. Nothing happened. I'm like, oh, all right, okay. <laughs> not sure that was working. Uh, the music that plays in-game is equally as annoying as the main title of the theme. Indeed, this game is horrible. Plain and simple. Spy Hunter uh, wasn't perfect, but it is now four years old and has a concept pretty dated anyway. So this weird sc- this weird side-scrolling variant is not only out of time, but totally out of its debt. Uh, sorry, there is nothing to this that a full price could warrant. It's just dreadful. Maybe, and if I'm being kind, maybe the graphics are okay. Maybe. Cars you control are, they're all right, I guess. They're they're well shaded, but they kind of look stupid. But all right, they're the better. You know, if I'm going to try and find something good in this, then they may be okay. But the game has no sense of speed to it, and the cars float instead of actually drive. So they just float like spaceships, because that's kind of really what you're in. It's a side scrolling shoot 'em up with less purpose and no clue as to what you do really with it at all. So they clearly bolted together a load of bits of code thrown in together in the classic Sierra tradition that we've come to know and loathe. Um, there's <laughs> nothing really, nothing, because it, if this was a shoot 'em up, it would be crap. But it's not quite, if it was a racing game, it'd be crap or a driving game, it'd be crap. It's it's just not very good at any of those things. No sense of speed, no sense of anything. I want to focus momentarily also on possibly the stupidest game design decision we've come across in a while. In this game, you are on the left of the screen in the main. If you speed up, the top and bottom details move faster and you move marginally more to the middle. The bikes or targets for you also scrolling from the left which makes them next to impossible to shoot or avoid because you can only shoot forwards, especially if you slow down. Why would you choose to make the items scroll in the game from behind instead of coming from the front towards you, like every other shooter up type game in the world? So everything seems to come from behind you, which means it's i do don't—it's just stupid. Stupid, that. <laughs> um, I know that in Spy Hunter, they come from behind you in Spy Hunter, but Spy Hunter's zoomed, a bit zoomed out, and bottom to top, that logic kind of
1: works. It just doesn't work here. You've also got things that you can, you can also drop oil and stuff behind you and spy on her, so you can attack yeah, them from behind. You've got hand.
2: none of that in this. Yeah, there's just no purpose to this. I don't know. Just, just, uh, just make them come from the front. I think you know. It's, if it's a road, there's, there could be two parts to road, isn't there? There's the part you're on. There's a. The, I don't know. It just. It's, it was just stupid. They didn't think of that. It's just really, 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 really stupid. This is a crap game. It got thirteen <laughs> percent. Humongous tells you to walk away and I agree with him (laughs) I agree with him for the first time ever me and Humongous are on the same page Um, so yeah don't don't play this don't it's rubbish what did you think
1: well, I did play it. I wish I'd listened to you. Did anyone want a horizontal spy hunter in 1988 with oversized cars and a strange stopping for gas mechanic? No. no Nobody I, said those words. No. Humongous didn't need the gas. <laughs> I remember being alive back then. I don't remember anyone asking for that. It's got that CRL look. It also has got that CRL pointlessness. And after about two minutes of play, you realise this is all there is to it and it feels completely devoid and empty of challenge and enjoyment. As you said, the graphics are okay as they go, but they don't really fit. They look a bit... This is called Road Warrior, and they look like sort of um, ice cream vans. It's all jolly and nice. There's nothing warrior-esque about this. There's no... Uh, pink, pink cars. Yeah, it's, still, it's all, you know, b- soft and bouncy and cuddly and nice and everything. There's nothing can warrior. You if, if, can you imagine if those cars were in Fury Road? They'd be popped. <laughs> they look like they should be popped. They look like they... <laughs> they look like they're sort of like you know inflatable cars. They do look like that. Yeah, dirigible cars. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, like I said, once to again, to someone at CRL. I forgot to put the game in. You know, where is it? I looked for it. I just found that someone had stolen the engine and left a dog egg in its place. That's yeah, the only thing I can enough. think. Just, you know, you, you start the car and it's like, it won't start. What's in the car? Oh, what's yeah. what's that? Yeah. And I've written, yeah, Lord Humongous would not be pleased with this. He really wouldn't. No, he, wouldn't he wouldn't want the gasoline. He wouldn't want anything no. from this. No. £10 pounds for this
3: game. Are you having a laugh? <laughs> I agree with you, uh, Humongous. I agree with you. Lord Humongous. All right. Jesus, chill out. <laughs> Take your game. Don't leave it. Please don't leave it. Take your game and walk we'll have away. Have your gasoline. But Take the your game, game that you've made about us, walk away with it. Walk away with it and never show it again. You can have that. We don't want it, even in this hell, hellscape. It's bad. It's a bad thing. C.R.L. I'll be coming for you. C.R.L. Do you know how hard it is to find working Commodore 64s in the desert. Very hard. And I wasted it on this game. Now walk away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he would not be happy. He isn't happy. (laughs) He's not happy. And with with good cause. Yeah, Road Warrior is crap. Really bad. Bad. Pointless. Just empty. Just an empty, empty shell of a thing. Just bizarre. Ten quid as well. Ten quid. Ten quid. Stupid. I don't know what CRL, the CRL have stolen. My, you know, Melbourne. I mean, Melbourne House have gone in the way of the dodo at this point, aren't they? They're dead. So CRL have suck, been sucked into that vacuum of crapness. They have, and M- you Melbourne know, the fact,
2: that they're all trapped in there with a gang surrounding the building, going just. Exit the building.
3: (laughs) Come on out. We need to talk to you about the game you made. I bought it. they wouldn't (laughs) take it back at Boots. They wouldn't return it. They wouldn't believe (laughs) that it wouldn't blow. They told me to walk away. (laughs)
2: <laughs> the, the, the man behind the counter was very stern. Can you imagine? Imagine it would be like talking to each other in the serial office. Just have a look—is he still out there? Oh God, he is. He, he's he, won't, still out he there. won't go. He, he's never going to give up, you know. And it's even it's minus two, and he's just wearing metal underpants. For God's sake, the guy's the guy's tough. Someone go out there. You go out there. Come on, go out there. Give him, give him. You no, know, tell, check him something, anything.
1: <laughs> yeah. Awful game. Bad. Let's let's leave that one alone. Move <sighs> along. We've got one more left one more um yeah one more and this is uh guts g-u-t-z so you know it's rad guts uh That's this rad. is nine pound 8.95 it's got 51 percent um i'm not, i was gonna um write the uh blurb out but i thought i'll just actually read it from the back of the box it says guts nightmare a dream come true none of that makes any sense (laughs) um you have been swallowed you've been swallowed Eaten alive by an extremely hungry 10 million ton mega being the size of the moon on a journey to Earth for its main course. Now trapped within this ravenous monster, fight its antibodies to gain access to the main functions in order to shut them down. And that is not easy. Then build a special weapon, breach the defensive doors. Just for starters. That's it, that's the story. (laughs) I don't know what any of that means. Why would a 10 million ton mega being have internal doors? <laughs> and it means to destroy it within itself. What is yes. this? It's a biological anomaly. It was built, you know, it was built with doors. Oh, <laughs> valves would have worked better, but okay. Anything, yeah. Anyway, Guts, <laughs> GUTZ is the second game from special effects um, after Firefly and was coded by Robert Tinman, graphics by the Cowardly Lion, and music by the Scarecrow. Ha, 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 I don't know if I made that joke last time, but I'm making it now. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) And I like you most of all. (laughs) It never gets old, I don't remember. Anyway, sorry, graphics are by Paul Finnegan. Music's by Fred Gray, and this was published by Ocean. Um, so, yeah, trapped inside a mega being, you must fight your way out. And that's kind of it. Uh, there's a good loading screen, followed by a decent title screen. So it's nice presentation, this. Good te- presentation. Um, some options to play with keys or joystick, and with music or sound effects. And aside from that, you press fire or press number three to start the game. When the game starts, you're presented with what looks a lot like Alien Syndrome. This really does look like Alien Syndrome. Only I think it's it's a bit better visually to start off with. It looks nice. This looks like a really yeah. good game. That main sprite is really nice. Um it's presented in the same sort of pseudo 3D top down look of Alien Syndrome and Gauntlet. It's got that sort of slightly looking down from the back and you know, to, you know what I mean. It's hard to describe that yeah, sort of that yeah, yeah. view, that sort yeah. of three-quarter view slightly. Uh, yeah, so it looks like that. And and in this as well, so the, the good thing about this is the, the scrolling as well follows you smoothly. One complaint we had about Alien Syndrome was that that scrolling was too slow. This is nice and fast, keeps up with you, you keep nice and central, it's all good. The music by Fred Gray does get annoying pretty quickly. Um, I would suggest switch to the in-game sound effects because these in-game sound effects are really good, um, nice, nice, and varied. There's lots of decent sound effects going off, so switch to them. It's a much better game. You that in-game sound tune gets gets grating quite quickly. Your main sprite is well drawn, and uh, it's, it's a well drawn and animated dude who runs about, and and so it's good. You know you've got that sort of 3D look, so we're running in all directions is nicely animated. It looks good. Its perspective is all, all all good. His size is good. It's animated well. Um, you can't shoot though when you start off. So a quick tip. Head down for a bit. You're in this sort of maze-like character. If you head down for a bit, you'll see a circle on the wall. If you go up to this and hammer fire, this actually picks up your first gun or picks up some ammo for the first gun. You can't shoot until you get that. So go get that, first of all. It's a strange game, this, the way it sort of works and the way it kind of plays out. Because um, at first it seems quite empty, but there's more to this than than actually seems at first. Um, there's other ammo types for your weapon. Uh, you can find them. It, it essentially, look for these kind of circles on the walls. Um, and if you run up to them, and if you press fire and you haven't got the ammo, um, you'll get a different kind of ammo type. Unlike alien syndrome, you don't know. You kind of have to learn. It doesn't actually give you any indication of what ammo type you're going to get. It could have done with a letter on it, like it did in alien syndrome. But you get things like a small, bowl, you know, bowlers you've got like a, it's like a sort of spinning stick with two balls on either end so you can fire them yeah, yeah, yeah. your main ammo is like a, it's like a bouncing ball um and there's things like that so you've got and there's other discs there's firing discs there's, there's about three or four different types of ammo and all of which are these they do different damage to various enemies you are beset at all times by loads of enemies and different types of ammo do different damage so you're gonna need to pick and choose your ammo and and be right we'll get the right one so from this point on, once you start, you've got your you've got your ammo and you are running around. The mission is to basically just traverse the level, find the exit, which is somewhere to the far right because it's, it's a maze. Essentially, it is a maze that you're in and you just got to find the exit which is off to the far right somewhere so you're wandering up and down left and right and trying to find your way through these mazes it's much bigger than the screen I don't know how many screens big it is but it's quite big um, and so you can wander into dead ends and monsters and there's all kind of stuff like that and you guys just got to find the exit there's 16 levels to fight through uh, but I'll come to that in a bit the screen is split um, almost 50-50 so the game takes up the top half um, and the UI is at the bottom and that has your score the high score the number of lives represented by helmets your present energy above these helmets and and a display showing which of the 16 current areas you are presently in if you make, make it to the exit you get a short connecting 2d corridor to run along reminding me strongly of uh, the 2d uh, corridors in metroid very strongly um and then out the other end to more of the same background and the same exact gameplay and this is kind of where it, where it sort of falls down a bit should you make it through the four levels you get to fight the end of level bosses and these are various organs of the creature you are in so the first one you fight is the kidneys, then the lungs, then the heart, and then the brain. And so you take all these out, and that's how, you essentially, you, you take down this mega beast and, and win the game. Scattered throughout the maze are various items to collect. There's a key. Um, and this gives you access in when you're fighting the boss, there's a special weapon, but you need to find the key to access that weaponry. And it's really sort of paramount importance that you do find that because that weaponry is kind of really needed to do damage to the boss. So you need to find that key, then you can get the weaponry and then you can take on the boss, which is quite good. Boxes open up. There's, um, there's boxes you can find and they open up parts of a super gun. This guy, in the bottom of the left of the UI, there's these three parts, like uh, three hidden sections. Each box you find opens up one part of it, and it's like this big super gun. I never got all three, all, all three parts, so I don't know exactly what they did. I don't know if you did, um, but I never found all three boxes. So I, I, I'm hoping it's just some you know big, big old super no, gun that I you can use for a period of time. There's also a map to find because so you don't get a map to start off with um so you find this box says m on it and if you find that that allows you to press space to view an aerial map of the section of the maze you are in so that's quite handy because the maze is quite tricky to navigate at times so having a map to go right and it also shows the location of objects on it as well and that's really handy so again uh, it's the first map piece or the first map that you want you want to find it's down just keep heading downwards when you first start the game you'll find your first ammo and if you keep going down you'll find the map as well these are essential if you want to get anywhere in this game so that's all good um there are also helmets to find um which act as a shield um and they lower the level of damage you take when hit by aliens there are also crystals to find as well which allow you to fire constantly for a period of time so six, six sorry 16 levels good graphics nice sound effects Lots of weaponry and power-ups to find. It only got 51%. So this is a barely average game. Why is that? Why was it, you know, where is it going from? So in Zap, the review, they stated that it gets repetitive. And it does. It That's the problem with it. The backgrounds are all pretty much the same. You just get a color palette switch at the end of every, you know, you get to the end of the fourth level, you get a color palette switch. So it goes from a sort of browny, gray color of the first one to a bluey color in the second one. I didn't get to the third set of monsters. This is quite a hard game, but I got to, I killed the first boss and got to him and it changed to a blue, but it's the same design. It's just a color palette switch. It's just more the same running and gunning through mazes. Even with a switch of ammo type, it never feels particularly strategic. You often find yourself trapped in narrow corridors with enemies impervious to the ammo type that you actually have. Um, And so to actually get through them, you just got to run into them and take damage to progress this is annoying as the collision detection is quite wide it's not on your side so you'll be hitting things and you say, i'm not near that i shouldn't have hit that so whilst it's good for the bullets you fire it's not good for you because half the time your bullets are not destroying the things that you're shooting at so that's a pain in the ass i thought the mazes also felt a little aimless there's very little to distinguish them or get your bearings You, you you should be given that map from the, from the get-go. Uh, really, it shouldn't be something you have to find. Just give me a map. It's all—it's already hard enough trying to find your way around without having to sort of head off and find a map as well. On the first couple of goes, I didn't find a map. So I was just running around like a headless chicken. You know, having to find it seems punitive and unhelpful. Just give it. Give you a map. Just give you a map. It's not going to make this game easy. It just helps. Yeah, so just so it's not like it solves the game for you. So whilst this looks and sounds, you know, effects-wise good, it soon falls afoul of a real lack of variety and becomes something of a chore to play. I got past the first boss once and then instantly died and felt no real compulsion to try and get any further. It seems to be a thing with Robert Tinman games that they looked the part, but they just need a tweak here and there in how they play. He did eye cups, he did honor tiles, UFO. They no, All had something there, but just like that final gameplay pass to make an okay game great. I mean, I understand that some of those were rushed because of the Odin telecom deal. And this looks like it did have more time spent on it. But this is proof of the adage that less is more um, because there's a lot here, but it doesn't feel in any way, shape or form as good as Alien Syndrome. The mazes are more harder to sort of find. Alien Syndrome feels more player friendly. It's hard still, but it feels like you've got a chance with it because there's the map bits you can always go and find. It doesn't feel like a pain in the ass to play. And the other thing with this is it doesn't feel like you're in a monster. It just feels like you're in a cave. So... I don't know that's c 64 graphics, but you could have made it look like you're in a monster. But it could be more bioorganic or something. It needed to feel more gooey um, and less sprawling. And I think this would have helped the game maybe from just okay to a whole lot better. Perhaps it just gets a bit samey, and it's a shame because I think the core mechanics are there. But I think the it's just running around a, a dull maze at the end of it, and it gets it suffers as well from too many enemies. It should needed less of them, and be able to shoot them because it's still tricky even to get past some of them. But you know, have the old one or two that need a special weapon but not, you know, section you in by right, into places where you just can't get past them and you just get damaged. That feels annoying. So yeah, I can see why this got 51%. I think it's it's nearly there. It's an average game, I think, all the way through, which is a bit of a shame because there's some really good elements to this, but it just don't play that enjoyably and gets a bit boring after quite quickly, which is, you know, a bit of a shame. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to add loads
2: to what you've said. I agree. Um, I'm not a big advocate of the running around a large maze finding stuff type game this isn't a bad one of those it's not bad bad um, and it's got nice I think that the graphics are quite nice they're just it's just that sameness that eventually starts to really get to you after a while the, yeah yeah. it feels like a, it starts to feel like a trudge and you you go through the first level you go through the first corridor you get to the second one it's just more of the same and it's more of the same and it's more of the same and it's just a bit galling the main sprite I thought was okay reasonably well animated the scrolling is very good it's a good play area too it's it's a, you know it's, it's, there's plenty of space in the game the colors are a bit on the bitty side the sprites weird purple and cyan ui i don't know about that but music was okay for the title screen but annoying and repetitive for the in-game it drove me a bit crazy those aren't good combinations annoying repetitive (laughs) gameplay and music at the same time no no, it's not and it doesn't help there's a reasonable array of enemies that will gradually piss you off in this game balls blobs springs and anyway the gray sort of block straight paths quickly become repetitive like i say and the in between sections seem a little bit pointless too it feels like a lot of money for not much to do overall but Mm. it's not terrible it's just it's just it's there's enough to make it okay and then the gameplay and design just spreads out the average so it's just very average which is a shame A, a little bit more tautness and tightness in design Little bit more punchy. Make smaller levels, maybe more of them. Make it, make make more of the in between sections. You know, make more happen. And yeah, because that in between section was pointless, wasn't it? it was yeah, utterly no. It point is to pointless. It. And I think again, they've lost sight of the fact that your players need some kind of progress indication. Make it feel like they're getting somewhere with some indication of that. Not just nowhere and then more of the same. Nowhere and then more of the same. Nowhere and then more of the same. It's just in the end. You know, I, I went through maybe, what, three, four levels. And no offense, I'm not 100% sure that I wasn't still really. They all look like the same level. Yeah, exactly. I could have just yeah. been going in a big loop and no. In the end, I was like, I need something. I need something to change here. I need I need something new in this to really keep me involved. And I wasn't getting it. 51% in Zap. That's actually pretty much bang on. This is this is a game that's design averages it out to be 51% when if we, that had made it tighter, that would, score would have gone up so yeah. it's a bit of a shame there's, they're a good team the people who make this um, but it hasn't quite worked for them on this occasion so no, not, not a game I enjoyed but it's not terrible I have to say again I'm, No, this, we, we've we played terrible things Road Warrior is terrible <laughs> we've seen
1: terrible things
2: we've seen things you people wouldn't believe <laughs> um, and the Guts is certainly not terrible in that league you know it's just it's just distinctly design average there's nothing great about it so yeah exactly you if you want to but don't expect greatness
1: no, it's it's the comparison between Alien syndrome, which is six levels, and that's yeah. that's that's what you want for this kind of gameplay. Yeah. It's yes, tight, tight core, punchy. And-, and that's it. Here you've got sixteen and you know, it's like you give someone the same amount of butter and a and a massive piece of bread and a small piece of bread. <laughs> yeah. You know? I was actually thinking more like um <laughs>
2: Now, if you if you made the film Predator and made it an 18 hour <laughs> exploration of the jungle, it's not as much fun as a ninety minute film, is it? No. So I just go to bread and butter. You know. Well, you know, it, each to their own. Each but to their I, own. <laughs> I'm actually thinking about having a sandwich now.
0: I, said
1: that. <laughs> I keep putting these things. Have a sandwich. I'm very easy influence today. It's, you're very influenced. You, and just think about like uh, uh frognum. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> there we go. That's uh guts um yeah it could have been just it just needs to be tighter there's a lot you know there's a lot to like but a final note actually thinking about it just suddenly um what was the name of that student game that we had that was set inside the
2: human body where you would been fighting off germs and oh between um, heartbeats yeah between so this this you know between heartbeats is a better version of guts actually yes in a weird way
1: yeah so, yeah yeah.
2: That's not, i don't think it's even ever got released but that was that was then you know, that was a game that actually had you being attacked by antibodies and things that made sense and you weren't opening doors inside a giant space creature on its way yeah
1: to it, this seemed like a plot that really didn't need it i get it with the giant you know lungs and stuff that you were fighting oh, but could have just... i'm sensing it was a game without a plot not a plot without a game no. yeah true i think you're probably right there you go there you go that's guts Um, that's our first four games for this week Um, we've got four more to come later on but right now we're going to take a break when we come back we will be doing um, film and TV from June 1988 so stick around like a half Hawaiian frogman we'll see you in a bit This is a spotlight, Graham, a spotlight on a book hmm. from our sponsor, David Hearn. And that book is Rubinations of a Wayfarer, parts one and two, Reboot that is more of a mouthful than manoeuvrable armed computer humans. Indeed it is. It's a space opera in the style of Wing Commander 3 and it's about 50p on Kindle or one Australian dollar. And do you know what? It's 700 pages long. What, an Australian dollar? Seems like a lot that. That's longer <laughs> yeah. than the operation
2: manual for Project Stealth Fighter.
1: Well, thankfully the story moves along a bit quicker than those vectors with Jar fighting the evil Tharnians to save the galaxy. I'm hoping he's doing that with his uh, magic harp. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's like laser harp he's yeah, laser harp he that sounds more interesting
2: than reading about a wing weenie or mig 27 flogger what's a wing weenie
1: i don't know it's easy for you to say uh anyway <laughs> it's not <laughs> I don't know what's going on anyway in between taking on the aliens robots and the most evil enemy of all Not Nenek, but his own government, he still finds time for a game of mercenary, Escape from Targ 6.
2: Well, that does it then. As the mayor of Targ, I must endorse this book, Ruminations of a Wayfarer, available at Amazon or Kindle, much cheaper than a Dominion Dart, I tell you. (laughs)
1: and we are back. Let's see what was going on on our screens both at home and in the cinema uh, in June 1988. First of all, first of June, Graham, live horse racing is shown for the final time on ITV when it simulcasts Channel 4's coverage of the 1988 Epsom Derby. The sport would return to ITV in in well, anyway, the sport would return to ITV in 2017. So it wasn't the final time. Well, it was at the time at the time yeah but not now (laughs) no um weird isn't it do you know
2: simulcast i i suspect there was probably people crying about that i wasn't one of them i don't like horses i don't think they're very good
1: (laughs) crafty at both ends is something you
2: say yeah dangerous at both ends and crafty in the middle is uh famous Sherlock Holmes. Uh but not just that they are they're not nice they're not nice at all sorry if you like sorry if you're a horse person great for you but they're not they're not nice they're horrible (laughs) What's wrong things. with them?
1: Uh, Crafty, the middle. You don't okay. want
2: me. You don't know. You don't want me to. You know I could bore you for hours with how the tales of woe. But no, you know, just, I'm not going to. Just, I don't like horses. So All right. horse racing, whether it's on ITV, I never, I've never watched it. I've never been into it. I'm not, I'm not a gambler anyway because I'm jinxed. But I would never, never watch that.
1: Nah, the, da- the Derby it was one of the two races, wasn't it? You had the Derby and the Grand National. The Derby, yeah. Derby, Derby, um, and the Grand National, which were the uh, the two races were sort of the. People who didn't bet had a bet, had a flutter. Yeah. went down the bookies and put put some tenp each, put pound each way on. Um, yeah, a pound
2: on the nose and then pound each way. I, I've never, I don't even know what I'm
1: talking about, and I certainly wouldn't go betting on horses. I don't, I don't. Do <laughs> it, it was well, I never. I mean, like I said, I never did, but I, I think my mum. Would always have a have a bet on the Grand National or the Derby, and the Derby was one of those things. Is it is it the Derby that has um is it Aintree or is that Grand National? Have and no, and they have, you're just and they saying help, words, and they have Ladies' Day and stuff like that, which you know. No, I tell you do, what, is it help. is
2: an interesting little side fact for you. This is a true fact as well. Go on. Then. I have I have I've never gambled on horses or anything like that. I don't because obviously I have a dark history with gambling. not I'm not, dog, I'm not a racing. gambling addict or anything. Yeah, not just that came way later. I just. I never win, so there's no point. Anyway, when I was working way back in a place where you sold nuts and bolts and where it was a very exciting job, mm-hmm. I needed money for a guitar lead for one of our band practices and I didn't have the money to get the lead that I needed. And so Sean, who worked there, said, well, why don't you give me, you know, what money have you got? I gave him the couple of pounds that I had and he went, look, I'll put this on a horse for you, and I'll get you the money to get a lead. And he did, and he won, and so he gave me the money, and I went and got the guitar lead I needed. So were, you know that was good, but I didn't place that bet. though.
1: So. No, if you'd have placed it, but then you'd have owed them the guitar lead probably, and you would yeah, the, the horse's head would have fallen off or something. It would have been... <laughs> ended up in your bed later that night.
2: <laughs> yes, it would not have been pleasant for anyone.
1: Yeah, no, I've never been a massive viewer of the of the horse racing. I always found it like they're going tough to firm. Um, actually here's a question for you which would you be more terrified by uh, one chicken the
2: size of a horse or a hundred horses the size of chickens uh you have to answer right now
3: okay
1: i think i think a hundred right? horses the size of chickens yeah would be quite terrifying wouldn't it i think a big chicken would be quite terrifying but a hundred horses i mean they've got those little shetland ponies aren't they they're quite small if a hundred of them are running at you they're really shy, yeah. they're really small ones those the miniature ones because
2: they're quite heavy um Tell you what, they uh, apparently the a chicken is related to the Tyrannosaurus as well at, at some level. Yeah, some uh, point. At some point, there was a giant Tyrannosaurus-sized chicken that went around. I imagine pecking things.
1: Well, you know, yeah, okay, that'd be a nice Sunday roast. But you imagine the rooster that would be the loudest a doodle doo in the <laughs> it shatter windows for Mars. No wonder they became extinct. The proper Tyrannosaurus Rex hunting them down. <laughs> kill it god's sake (laughs) (laughs) where's that bloody meteor when you need it
2: we can have chicken for
1: dinner my arms weren't so short I could chop the chicken up with a knife can't do it I feel like chicken tonight (laughs) anyway Anyway.
2: that's unlikely to have happened but and it is somehow related to horses anyway never
1: mind never mind Uh, 5th of June Channel Four is the Thames documentary Waldheim: A Commission of Inquiry, a program investigating the history of the alleged Nazi conspirator Kurt Waldheim. Mm, chirpy, that I, I, I tend to, I, at this point in
2: my life, I was staying away from those sort of shows on TV.
1: Yeah, I didn't I found watch it. Distressing. I, I, I had a bit of a read about Kurt Waldheim. He seems to have a bit of a dubious individual um he was president of austria or whatever he was in, you know he was um yeah d- he was the only person the only from a quick read he was one of the only people or the only head of state that the u.s went yeah you're not coming in here because um because you're a you're war a criminal one. you're a bad one uh, he was also yeah. um uh, head of the uh, un at one point as well very strange oh, goodness that's so, what i mean i, I, I and i'll tell you what I, i've been
2: revisiting that podcast that you recommended actually the histories one oh high core history had so. I've been listening to the um, good, the supernova from the east. It's good, isn't um, it? It's, it's good. But I'm so horrified by what I'm hearing. i oh, have to take it in short so control blo- bursts. It's yeah. it's absolutely horrific. Yep. So and and I, I remembered why I don't genuinely like that. You know that entire anything to do with any of that, whether it's Nazis or whatever, because of the horrific atrocities you hear about, and I find them quite upsetting. Yeah. So um, but I had also got an early of, I, I didn't. I tended to stay away from stuff like that. I noticed actually, well, as we've been going through this. I seem to be watching a lot less TV around this time. Um, I just noticed that over yeah. the past few TV things, a few films, but mostly a lot of the TV is just completely bypassing me. So I, d- I don't remember seeing that, but I imagine it's probably you know,
1: not. I sure think it, I TV think it's though. just a I think that's just a, um, a I mean, by what, what were we at June nineteen eighty eight? You're fifteen. I'm sixteen. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a it's a growing point of going out more, doing other stuff, yeah. programming the company. You know, we're just not. Yeah. we've tuned away from the normal TV, TV yeah. stuff no yeah. it wasn't like you'd just stay up with your mum and dad anymore you were like I'm not doing that I'm going upstairs yeah. and do my own thing. Yeah, I wasn't going to sit and watch Waldheim with my mum and dad.
2: They probably did watch it, though. They were quite into that sort of stuff. Yeah, not know, in a bad well. way. They were into the... It sounds awful. They were into Nazis. They were into watching <laughs> TV programmes about things like that. Yeah, no, it's
1: fair <laughs> enough. I want to be clear on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just so it doesn't get taken out of context. Yeah, no, there's no, no one any contextual crazy on that. No, no. Right. no. Um, 11th of June, the Nelson Mandela 70th Birthday Tribute Concert. Concert is staged at Wembley Stadium, London. It's broadcast to sixty seven countries worldwide to an audience of six hundred sorry six hundred million in the UK. It was broadcast on BBC Two. <laughs> you think it'd on BBC One, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, you um, it, it, I you know what? I looked at the the links
2: that you'd posted for this. I have absolutely no recollection of it. No, None. N- neither do I. Absolutely when did this happen? Not. There's some huge names at that concert, and I'm like, how did how did I? I mean, I've watched all the others. How did I miss that?
1: Yeah, did you read the story really? about Stevie Wonder turning up and the yeah. the, <laughs> yes, the, the losses back in music, so Tracy Chapman went on a second time and yeah, it he Tracy came on Chapman. in the end. Yeah, good for yeah, Tracy absolutely. Chapman though, because he sold two million albums on the back of
2: these. Yeah, back apparently, of these. he was in tears. I mean, Stevie Wonder's an amazing singer and musician. So, but um, and I can imagine that you know that that loss is a bit crazy that, that with the pressure that's on you for something as important as yeah. that. But um, I know I just it completely. I mean, I knew nothing of it, nothing, which is crazy. Because there's loads of stuff in there that's quite good, and there's loads of footage of it on YouTube and stuff. So
1: yeah, I imagine there is. But no, rang no bells. Now, I was like, was there? Okay. I mean, yeah, maybe, we just, maybe we just we just live aided out at this well, point. Well, it's on. A, it is, but it's also on a marginalised channel. BBC
2: Two isn't isn't the go to channel for like you said. It, you'd have thought that would have been a big BBC One thing. Because yeah.
1: but no, it wasn't. It was on no, it. on BBC Two. It was on that. Yeah, it was twentieth of June. TVS and Channel Television commenced twenty four hour broadcasting. The well, they <laughs> they call it that. <laughs> it's, 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 the tv they,
2: they were they were outputting
1: something yeah job finder
2: <laughs> exactly they were outputting stuff i'll we'll give them that for 24 hours broadcasting is a very loose term for what they put out
1: yeah the equivalent the equivalent of the belmont tower was putting something out but what, whatever it was we have no idea i know and if you think it's things like job
2: finder i mean that's just they may as well have just pointed a camera at the sort of the lost and found board on the <laughs> in the local supermarket at tates because that had a few oh. jobs in that people wanted
1: how long was it until, um, or did they ever start? You know, there was, cause obviously there was job finders, so there was pages from CFAX and Oracle and Teletext and all that sort of thing. Did they ever start doing like? I'm sure they did, like Lonely Hearts stuff. Yes, they did. I'm sure, they did that. They over, did. Of an did, evening, yeah. you know, you could you could have yeah. your own Lonely Hearts thing come up and. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was. In fact, there was. Eventually, that became like a late night TV thing, didn't it? it was yeah, but I'm just wondering on, on things like Oracle or Teletext or CFAX yeah, was there a, like early version of Tinder. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah there'd been them crazy old descriptions that they used to have you know instead of it just being a picture of someone's face and yeah you know, G-S- through filters. yeah now it'd be yeah, exactly a good sense of humor yeah 41 year old probably a crap that overall joke in it toilet trained uh-huh oh, cuddly kind of thing. one <laughs> careful owner <laughs>
1: yeah
2: <laughs> yep uh
1: yeah they did really that, good at they? laying
2: patios um <laughs> God, that went dark. <laughs> hey, why? He could just be good at patios and have to be a bloody murderer. <laughs>
1: That's a Fred West <laughs> reference. If I ever have heard one.
2: You associate patios with Fred West. That's a terrible thing. I do. He's ruined them for me. But to be fair, you did hire the Fred West patio company to put your patio in. I, I did, yeah. 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 <laughs> never never lift a third
1: patio slab, whatever you do, for God's sake. <laughs> Wobble, it's wobbly for a reason. Yeah, very wobbly. Um <laughs> 20th. No, we've done that one. 21st of June. BBC One is Crystal Clear, a film based on the award-winning play of the same name that deals with the subject of sight loss. Chirpy, chirpy. I think more we're chirpy. A real More chirpy Happy vision. June,
2: wasn't it? Bloody hell! Happy yeah. June. It's from BBC One. You know, and the, the guy's going, "Well, I can't see a thing. Really, it's very difficult. Obviously, there'd be more, probably more to it than that."
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> the
2: to worst BBC thing two, ever. And you got you got Stevie Wonder, a blind person, crying. And then yep. flip to uh, any of the other channels, ITV. You've got you know the, the simulcast, and then it's just not very good, is it? No,
1: it really isn't. No. No, um, I didn't see any of that. No, um, new shows for the month. Fourth uh, of June, there was the One Game. The One 19, game? Um, okay. This was a four-part 1988 British television drama serial. This sounds really weird. Produced by Central, it was set and filmed in Birmingham. starred Patrick Malahide, Stephen Delane. Oh. Uh, uh, so nick Thor delane is a businessman who's achieved success by marketing games my senses went off automatically at this because anything early mm. tv about people and games like mm, this sounds dubious he finds himself drawn into a reality game oh, by his former business partner partner magnus whom nick had forced out of their games company after its initial success called the one game this sees nick take on a series of challenges which force him to explore his past while both his professional and personal life come under threat i've noted it sounds like a shit krypton factor
2: um it does mixed with uh crappy bloody um it's got a sort of Nightmare. a scrooge sort of vibe to yeah
1: it. but filming took place in the winter of that the production aimed at a surreal rather than a fantasy atmosphere with an emphasis of only including narrative elements which could occur in real life what does any of Weird. this mean writer john brown worked on arthurian theme into the scripts with the idea that the story is about what would happen if arthur said to merlin after he'd helped set up the kingdom get lost i don't need you anymore with Nick Magnus, what? Arthur, and Merlin, respectively, images such as a knife thrown into water and a woman's hand rising from a lake were likewise based on the legend of Excalibur. The theme songs Salem, Dola, and other incidental music by series composer Nigel Hess built on the use of Celtic mythology by incorporating Welsh-sounding gibberish. Now, that's from Wikipedia. I didn't write that. <laughs> 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 so it's not actually See, Welsh, it, it's just Welsh-sounding gibberish. So uh, <laughs> You know, just that like that. What What? was this? You know exactly what it was. This guy was like, so what's, what's this
2: about then? One minute. (laughs) Well, if Arthur said to Merlin, that he'd help set up the kingdom, get lost. I don't need you anymore. What are you talking about? (laughs) this is about some video
1: game, in it or some
2: games company. Game. You're some, I thought you was a marketing person from a game. What's this reality <laughs> game thing?
1: Yeah. yeah, but but you know, so why are you why are you injecting uh, me with? Oh, but they speak Welsh, although it's not Welsh because I don't know any Welsh.
2: <laughs> yeah, because does anyone who speak Welsh? No. Well, just make it sound Welsh. What does it sound like? I don't know. Spitty. <laughs> <laughs> just gibberish. Crazy just gibberish. Just say Ponty a lot. And lush and <laughs> you're, you're probably be your pathway there
1: and yeah. you and Al Nathrak and all <laughs> you've that gone all, you've gone all Klingon <laughs> you've gone too far out the other side you've gone into yes, exactly you said there's a f- direct link there is a direct link anyway <laughs> no. that sounded weird I don't know what it was it is weird it. Yeah. good uh, 6th of June Mash's Adventures no ran idea. for 20 years must be ran for 20 years <laughs> never heard of it never heard of it what's going Adventures never heard of it um can't find anything on it either. Eighth of June, the movie game. This ran for seven years. And again, like you, remember nothing of this. But I would, have, I would have thought I'd have been all over this. Yeah. It's a United Kingdom children's game show that ran from ran for seven years. It's a format, it's three teams of two players answering questions about films. It's right up our street. The team mm-hmm. with the fewest points at the end of the first round are eliminated. The other two teams move on to a board game style end game. The winning team could, depending on the points they earned, move on to the series final. And the winner of that would win a film-related prize, such as meeting Steven Spielberg. Each show featured mm. a celebrity guest. Do you know, it's making me think that, what was that really
2: weird game that was on BBC? Not the movie game, it predates that. With Without the talking plant.
1: Oh, um, uh, well, the, pu- talk, puzzle, was, the puzzle
2: game. Yeah, what was it called? The the, the the puzzle game, was it? Was, no, it was something like that. It wasn't the puzzle game, but it was the adventure game. The adventure game, that's it. Yeah, It was the adventure game. So this, this reminds me of a sort of a movie version of that. It's, it's got that kind of weird... I imagine Might they be. get on that weird crappy board game at the end and it's like, you've got to get away from the, you know, the whatever maybe. that thing was called. I don't know,
1: Philip Schofield hosted it for the first three series, three seasons. I, I totally, I mean,
2: I remember Screen Test, but I don't remember the movie game at all.
1: No, I, I, yes, yeah, it's, it's no Screen, I love, I used to love Screen Test. That's the one, yeah. yeah, loved it. But I don't remember the movie game. I think no, maybe it's just, I'm 16 and just not watching kids telly anymore. Yeah,
2: that's exactly it. Exactly. It. By this point, videos—you're getting a lot of videos at this point because we, we're yeah, watching this point, tons watching of things tons like films Day of, and video. I'm watching things like Day of the Dead. <laughs> exactly so what i mean you know and so there, there was a lot of scheduled pirated video going on yeah there was there was yeah. we
1: were terrible terrible for that uh 9th of june first aid here around for 10 years married with children you loved, See, this i, I, I you did loved love it. this i did i liked it for lots of reasons you know Christine
2: rappegate was several that was ama- yeah 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 i remember that being a, um, a reason so and it was quite funny and it was quite crude uh, uh, it, no they, they tried to <laughs> they tried to take it off the air I mean, it's pretty. It's a pre simpsons Simpsons in a weird way.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. it's the it's the early douche dad, in it. You know, the idiot yeah, dad. totally. But he, um, the, you know, it was
2: quite challenging for it to be on. It was a Fox show, wasn't it, in the US? Which is, you know, you those you wouldn't say those words now. That's spitting. But it was a Fox show. It was controversial because of its Some of its themes and some of its. Some parts of it were quite rude. And in America, the TV was very conservative yeah. um, at this time, especially. And yeah. so anything like that that was challenging to the sort of, you know, the family ties kind of niceness, it wasn't mm-hmm. anything like that. It was dysfunctional family, snipe, you know, married couple that hated each other, really. You no, know, really annoying, nosy neighbours. It is quite a funny show. Yeah, um, it is. And um, obviously, what's his name? Ed uh, O'Neill, isn't it? Ed O'Neill. What was the... Um- Ed O'Neill is really good in it.
1: Yeah. What's um, the wife called? Peg. Peggy. It, yeah. it's um, Peg? Katie Sag- Sigel. She's uh, the voice of Leela from Futurama. Yeah. She's she's in quite a lot of stuff, actually. She's appeared
2: all over the shopping stuff. She even appears in a recent show called Dead to Me with Christine Applegate. So she's in the latest. She plays. She's, yes. she's not. So she's plays. She's a good in that as well. So she's just a good old rounder. She's a really got, got one of those great voices. And of course, yeah. she's the lo- lovely Leela. So <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, one? But no, I, I, do, I do. I do. It doesn't really resonate now. It's a bit like an uncomfortable show to watch now because of the some of the themes are really sexist and uh, yes, very just, much so. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's like trying wealth. to. If, no, it hasn't. It'd be like sitting and trying to watch a, you know um, in sickness and an Elf or something like that. You just can't watch them now. It's just not possible. No, no, um, you can't watch them. And and Married to Children. There's some episodes that are funny, but not for those reasons. And he is always the dumb idiot in it. And I think that's often lost. Um, you know, he is—he is—might be a belligerent, stupid, sexist idiot, but he is an idiot, and he—and he, he is treated that way by everybody, and he never only ever really comes good because of his snidey stupidity. Yeah, and he, I think that's—you know—it is lost in it a bit. That?
1: He goes on. He went on to play the um, the dad in Modern Family, did not he? He did. Yeah, and he's, good. he's actually pretty good in that as well. Yeah, he is, he's yeah. Really but you can see that's kind of an evolution of that kind of character yes, a little totally. bit, I think. Yeah, it is. He's almost a granddad
2: version of that character. Yeah. And he appeared in a film as almost the same guy as well. It's a, I think it's a, um, yeah, yeah, it's a bit like an Uncle Buck type film. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it's called now, but it was a, it was basically Uncle Buck with that Ed O'Neill in it playing a guy that asked to take a kid from school back home for the Thanksgiving or for Christmas I think and the kid hates him so they end up having a massive dust upon the way and loads of stupid stuff happens and uh, kid moves he... away and
1: oh what was it what was
2: it cat, but it's cold now but yeah he's really good in that as well and that's actually a film I'd recommend you track down there's some really funny moments Bill Giant Little is that giant? Driving Me Crazy I think Go
1: Driving on. Me uh, I've got it a... It's driving me crazy I don't know I don't think it is cause it's not in his uh, list of films. Oh, was it, it
2: was called Driving Me Crazy Here. It was called something else over there. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, that, to so track that down, it's quite good. And he's good in that. And he plays the same guy, essentially. And you know. he's yeah. also in uh, Wayne's World, of course. He is in Wayne's World makes 1 a little and little 2. cameo in Wayne's World. Yeah, he makes a little cameo in that. So He does, yeah.
1: That's good. 9th of June, same day, Tumble Down Farm. Nope. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, 12th of June The Storyteller I got this mixed up I thought this was the I'm the storyteller and no, my stories, and my must, stories be must be told but it's told. not this is a uh, series retold various European folk tales particularly ones considered obscure in Western culture It was created with a combination of actors and puppets this was Jim Henson the framing device had yes, an I'm old storyteller right. but John Hurt sitting by a fire telling each tale to both the viewers and to his talking dog yeah, it's a realistic looking right. puppet a brown and blonde poodle pointer Puddle Pointer, performed a voice by Brian Henson, acted as the voice of the viewers, was written in a language and traditional style in keeping with old folk tales. I remember it vaguely because I, I I remember seeing I remember John it Hare, because
2: yeah, because yeah, I remember John sitting by the fire and I remember the dog. Yeah, so and anything Henson normally it's it's going to get some airtime somewhere in my life. So
1: yeah, bound to. It's like Fraggle Rock in it all around that time. Oh, I love Fraggle Rock. <laughs> and
2: didn't, i didn't. really like the recent muppet show that was on as well the, re- the most recent one muppets tonight i thought it was hilarious that but it's just me fair enough it actually was just me because i don't think anyone ever liked it
1: <laughs> i didn't know there was one um 19th <laughs> of june a very british coup i remember the name but i don't remember anything of it i had a look up look, no. looked it up and what the story was and i was like nah this it means nothing no. to me based on a book changed the ending it's something to do with nuclear uh, power plant going wrong and uh change of you know it's whatever it is it's a British sort of drama about politics based on a book not my cup of tea nah not mine either if it was called A Very British Poo I probably would have watched it (laughs) or if it was about um, like a a load of pigeons living in a loft A Very British (laughs) Coop it probably has someone has done that I'm sure of it (laughs) (laughs) you're a very British pigeon Mm, I know (laughs) Ah. (laughs) I'm having your sugar
2: (laughs) Get out, you dirty
1: sky rat.
0: <laughs>
1: um, if you went out, um, as we often did, and went to the cinema on the 10th of June, you could have watched Overboard. You um, could have. You could have. Um, I didn't. This is Kurt Russell and Goldie Horn. Uh, she's right. Yeah, I think it is where they met. Yeah, they married later. And they're still married, yeah. yes, they are. Um I have seen it since. Uh, this hasn't aged well, and there's actually a there's a recent remake of it, want not there, where it was the woman kidnapped the man. This yes, is the film about kidnapping and gaslighting in it. It is, essentially, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> lies about he caps
2: her on a boat, doesn't he, or something. I think yeah,
1: it's... she she, knocks, she gets knocked out and loses the memory, and when she he rescues that's her right. and, tell, and, and sort of pretends that she's she's his wife and mother mother to right. his three kids. That's
2: right. That's right.
1: It's like that's yeah. not good. <laughs> yeah. That's kidnapping. You get arrested for that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, she's quite horrible, isn't she? In a, in a normal persona, but she's nice in a non, non-memory so, yeah. persona
1: or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a film about, you know, realising the, um, the... Error what's, a few what's ways. Important, and he lives in, like, a dos house, doesn't he? Yeah. Do they live in, like, a boat house yeah. or something? I yeah, I can't
2: remember it. It's that long ago since I saw it. That's the kind of film you'd have taken your girlfriend to see. I didn't have one, so that never happened.
1: No, nah, I didn't have one at that point either sort of thing. But if you did, you'd, you'd take her through and watch you through great grit teeth. You'd be thinking, go on, Kurt, pull out a gun and do some snake pliskin' stuff. <laughs> and I would never have gone to see that with Gary, ever. you <laughs> no, would nope. want to hold your hand. And that's never nope. something you'd want. Nope. Never <laughs> gone to see that. Mean, I've seen saw many films with him, but not that, thank God. Not that one, no. No. Um, no. Same day, you could have gone and watched Hello again. And this rings, I have mm. no idea. Shelley Long. Shelley Long. Yeah, t- yes. It's in the... The Shelley Long films. If it's not Money Pit, I don't (laughs) want to know
2: yeah well that's the only one I remembered from I remember that remember seeing the video box for hello again on the bloody shelf at blockbuster all the time that's why I remember half of these films I don't remember yeah. what the film's about but I remember <laughs> the boxes um but yeah so no not uh, not my cup of tea these kind of very American comedies um uh,
1: what's this about a suburban housewife chokes to death and is brought back to life by a spell cast by her wacky sister
2: yeah if you imagine an 80s film and all
1: the hairstyles that come with it in fashion <laughs> I, I can imagine quite a bit yeah that's it shoulder pads galore in that. i imagine that sounds very similar to um uh what was the uh richard what's his face did back to the future with and he did that one with meryl streep and goldie horn and bruce willis uh, um, death, death becomes her that's yeah. a bit
2: similarish yeah similar actually she they drink the liquid in that from the you know the what's who's this who's the famous woman who's the sort of witchy woman in that meryl streep it's isn't a bella, it? It is no it's a bella rossellini isn't it she plays the i not drink my potion woman yeah you know, she's famous <laughs> for wearing very little in that film Oh, Very
1: little. What's his, what's his name who did... Um, I forgot his name completely. Robert Zemeckis. Zemeckis Robert isn't it? Zemeckis, yeah. yeah. Um, week later, on the 17th of June, you could have gone to watch Shy People. Um, just what, Just generally? Just They obs- yeah, don't but- like it. They don't like being watched. That's why they're shy. <laughs> the cinema can just spy on them. Uh New York, <laughs> York journalist visits her distant cousin for the first time to write an article about her hard life in the Bayou of Louisiana. Journalist's wild, drug-addicted daughter just adds to tension between two families' cultures. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take your girlfriend to see that one. This is not a film. That I would look looked at in the you know the listings and gone. Oh, no. that's for me. So like, now, if no, it came to a choice,
2: me. if I was going to go to the cinema to see a film with podcast friend Gary, and it was a choice between Overboard and Shy People, I'd have to go to Overboard, even though he would take Goldie Horn as a as an instruction as opposed to a <laughs> film standing. <name. laughs> Um, but at, 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 at the two, I do you know, with the lesser of two evils. He'd
1: say he's got a golden horn.
2: No, he'd just he'd see those words and that's he'd take that as a command. Goldy horn. Okay. I don't know what it would mean for him, but I don't want to find out.
1: <laughs> exactly. A week, a he, had, week later. he always had sticky hands, remember? <laughs> Very sticky hands. Um <laughs> <laughs> 24th of June you could have gone seen the best film of the month uh, Throw Mama from the Train yeah you could have gone to see it I suppose good film this I really like yeah, it it's, it's, it's alright Yeah, it's, um, it's all right. Danny DeVito directed this it's about a bitter ex-husband who wants his former spouse dead a put up on Mama's Boy it's DeVito it's Billy Crystal as well Billy Crystal is the ex-husband yeah, Danny yeah, DeVito is a put up on Mama's Boy and he wants his mother's dead who will pull it off uh, as I note, it's a reimagining of Hitchcock's Strangers on a Train. Yeah, much, um, I much prefer. Yeah, I mean, Strangers on a Train is a classic Hitchcock one, but this is a fun... It's, it's, it's all right. This is fun. Um, it's a good film. It was the 13th most successful movie of 1987 in the US. Wow. Um, nice as i noticed, which just goes to show, it's June. It just shows, just for people who are listening, may not realize, it show how long it took for films to cross the Atlantic back then. Yeah,
2: exactly. We didn't just get them, you know, streamed. You had to wait ages and... Danny DeVito directing, you know, and he's in it, isn't it, isn't he? As well. He was quite a bankable yeah. actor at this time, wasn't he? He was in quite a lot of big stuff that he directed and i I always forgive Danny DeVito because he did Matilda and Matilda is ace. So Yeah.
1: I mean, he's, he's brilliant because he's, I mean, recently he's been in What's-His-Face, he? um, uh, what's the, the comedy that's going on forever where they're all horrible to each other? Uh, oh, something Philadelphia. Yeah, is. Always Sunny in Philadelphia and he's just yeah, fantastic yeah. in that. So, you know, and he was great. I mean, even going back to stuff like Taxi. <laughs> can I, trouble you, can I tr- trouble you for an egg? <laughs> 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 but he just climbs out of that uh, couch naked. <laughs> <laughs> he's always good in whatever he's in, in all fairness yeah. to him. Yeah, like I said, even going yeah. back to things like taxi, there's actually a nod to taxi in this, where he, uh, the taxi that he he, um, he orders turns up and it's the taxis from the, the show Taxi. Huh. So yeah, and, and he was, I was reading some about this. He suffered from the flu while directing it and he said the things that got him through were uh, cigarettes and chocolate. Fair enough. <laughs> which mm-hmm. there you go but yeah it's a good film it's got a yeah. and you know it's, it's and Billy it is. Crystal it's is
2: always always really watchable
1: yeah. in these things I and weirdly, weirdly movies, this is so. the only time they actually uh, made anything together you seem to have see in yeah. my head that they probably did more but because they were around at the same time in that kind of same See, I, but the space, trouble but is now
2: Monsters Inc. has ruined Billy Crystal it's not ruined Billy Crystal for me but I hear Billy Crystal I see that little green one-eyed thing in Monsters Inc. true you see the frognum. think romantical <laughs> thoughts <laughs> you do. Um, he's, he's honestly because he's, he's such a great actor, voice actor. He's even good in Princess Bride as well. It's a good cast of people in that. Go and watch Throw Mom from the Train. I might watch it again. Actually, I might have a bit of a revisit for some. Of them. It's fun. It's just a good,
1: yeah. good, yeah, good It's life. dark as well because they want to kill people. Um, yeah. It's fun, and it's got a great uh, pan to the face moment. Uh I mean. That's it. It's Sold. got a great pan to the face moment. <laughs> <laughs> it comes from a great line. <laughs> this is when they're in the kitchen. Uh, it's the bit I always remember. It had me in sterics when I first watched it, but it is okay. really good. I'm going to watch Great it just sound for that. effect. Bam. I like a, I like a good pang sound. I yeah. Think. Um. Finally, twenty fourth of June. You could have gone seen a handful of dust, which could you, you could have just picked it up out of the dirt and just blown it out of your hand, <laughs> It's probably been just as useful. <laughs> the wife's. Uh. This is the wife's affair and a death in the family. Hasten the demise of an upper class upper class English marriage. Yes. If you look at the screen, any of the screenshots of this, it's one of those. Oh, have you left the window open? Oh, <laughs> oh that's awkward. One of those. Chirpy has ever written. <laughs> it's quite light outside today, isn't it? Yes. Bastard. Yes. <laughs> it why, is why the subtle, the subtle undertones mean that that phrase meant that their their love was no longer the strong as exactly. it had once it's, been.
2: Would you like uh, two sugars in your tea, Miriam? No, not today. Strange. She always dun, has two sugars. Dun,
3: dun. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, if you're having an affair, Doris, you could at least be honest about it. Dun, dun. <laughs> it's that kind of film with those kind of lines. I'm not even you know I'm paraphrasing, but they're probably in it. <laughs> they probably are. Were you down the market the other day, Joan? No. Yeah, lots of oh. driveways. I noticed to be these bloody, oh,
1: I thought you know, I these saw sort
2: you. of upper class English marriage movies, for want of a better description of that. And there's always long shots of carriages going up driveways and yeah. people getting out of them and with hats on. I'm like, put, take your hat off if you're in there. Don't
1: put your hat on in the carriage. Jeez, so, do you know where Mr. Smith is? I believe he's yes. gone out, madam. I dun, believe he's gone dun, out, sir. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> he was out this morning, sir, shitting pheasants, <laughs> but he
2: didn't take a gun. Shitting, say shitting pheasants shooting good god man what's happened <laughs>
1: <laughs> the upper class certainly do things differently to the way we do around here shitting pheasants
2: <laughs> you upper class what are you what are you doing <laughs> anyway that it's probably that kind of thing yeah
1: Indeed, right. That was it. That's your lot. So uh, uh, it was a a, a a month where we didn't know a lot about uh, no, horse, ra- well, horse racing, no. Nazis, a big concert. Out, June. It was. It was probably a nice day. Chirpy stuff of uh, people going blind. You could have watched all all night yeah. on certain areas. Programs we never heard of, um having yeah. married with children, and and that was it. And a film, a couple of films, only a couple of films we'd heard of. I would so, be hazarding a guess before. that at
2: some point during that summer, I would have been very angry about cycle counting and raster time. At some point, <laughs> so that's probably what was a, probably what was on my mind Just at the a, time
1: the, during that was three years. <laughs> it, yeah,
2: it's, it's a very anger inducing thing when you when you get when you get a cycle bug or a bad line. You're like, that.
1: Why are you there? Yep i can't. You
2: know, and unlike half the game design teams that we've seen I don't accept them
1: <laughs> no no well, there we go that's your film and TV for June 1988 we're going to go away take a quick break we'll be back in a little bit where we've got four more games to come up we're going to round off that's it ra- is this, that's it, it for rounding off June yeah yeah. four more yeah uh, that's it for June
2: yeah goodbye that's June
1: that's it I don't think there's any crap bits but we've got the charts um, and then we'll see what's coming up for July so uh, stick around we'll see you in a bit <laughs>
2: A shout-out, Adrian, a shout-out for David Hearn's novel, Escape from the Commodore 64. <laughs> out now. In it, watch as the hero tracks down the band members of Dire Straits and makes them play Molecule Man. What? Sorry, that's my work-in-progress book. Dave's novel is all about Sarah trapped inside a Commodore 64 with no way out. Well, um, why would you want to escape? Mandroid, Mac Masters of the Universe and that's just the M's from the last few podcasts
1: oh, should have well thankfully the games in the book are better with Sarah and the other players trapped in the bread bin having to escape from the likes of Paradroid more of the West balderdash impossible mission and even bruce lee himself and mercenary don't forget mercenary there's a free chippy tea for tourists this month i always forget mercenary there's a good reason for that (laughs) anyway this is out on audiobook too. see if you can find all 50 odd classic games that's escape from
2: the commodore 64 available at amazon audible kobo book depository everywhere even on targ but not on lave or Dizzo. or lave no Lave to the rhythm. <laughs> That's a huge hit there. Lave <laughs> to the rhythm.
1: And we're back for the last section of June 1988. Graham, you're going to take us straight in. Um, and tell us all about Venom Strikes Back. Yes, Venom does strike back. Uh, okay, Gremlin
2: again. Uh, this it is, is a, the third Mask game. This is coded by Mark Charles Rogers. Is that three first names? That's a triple barrel. <laughs> um, anyway. was oh, it or an order? Mark-, <laughs> Mark Charles Rogers. Anyway, he did Jack the Nipper and Avenger, amongst others. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, graphics are by Steve Kerry. He did Jack the Nipper Avenger, footballer of the air, amongst others. And mm-hmm. musician here is of course Ben Daglish. You did loads of stuff. Loads of stuff. Oh Gremlin guys. The Gremlins, everyone. So Venom strikes back off the back of the box. Matt Tracker receives a message on the mass computer. We have kidnapped Scott Tracker and we are holding him to ransom on the moon. Unless you surrender your entire forces to Venom, you will never see him again. Signed Miles Mayhem. You could just write Miles Mayhem. You don't have to put signed at that. It's very formal. <laughs>
1: Um, Matt is faced with a terrible dilemma. <laughs> Have you seen Mr. Smith recently, Marjorie? <laughs> he's out. He's out. He's got a letter was signed by Miles Mayhem. <laughs> Who is this Scott
2: Traker? <laughs> I've heard of him. Um, anyway, t- um, Matt Tracker is faced with a terrible dilemma. To agree to Venom's demands would give them total control over the Peaceful Nations Alliance. Um, but to ignore their demands would surely mean Scott's life. Can you, as Matt Tracker, rescue Scott and return him safely to Earth? Earth, Earth. I did that bit for dramatic effect. It's good, on it. it? It's very good. Um, dun, dun, so dun. Mask, in case you've forgotten, by the way, Mask are the Mobile Armoured Strike Command, and they're led by Matt Tracker. They're always battling the criminal organisation known as Venom. That's the Vicious Evil Network of Mayhem, in case you've got that. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, a good, that's actually quite a good uh, acronym. I, I like that. Oh, Venom. Vicious so Evil said, Network isn't... of Mayhem. Is it really standard that? <laughs> vicious Evil Network vicious of Mayhem, evil. yeah yes Uh, it does it's very James Bondian,
2: isn't it because they have Smirsh and Spectre Yeah, yeah. but they don't have Venom and what's the one in the Marvel movies the the one with the octopus logo what are they called Uh, Hydra Hydra yes Hail Hydra Um, Hail Hydra Anyway, Hail Hydra don't say that though because you know it's bad anyway um, so yes that's the plan you've got to in this game Matt's son obviously been kidnapped by Venom and taken to the moon You've been given this ultimatum and uh, you've got to disband mask and leave the world at the mercy of Venom or never see your son. So what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Obviously you set off for the moon where you, and there you've got to overcome the defenses of Venom's base, rescue his son and steal a rocket to get back to earth. Simple. Simple enough, Matt. Uh, in his quest he is helped by special masks that give him special powers. Special masks would be rubbish if they didn't give you special powers. Mm. Just put one on, it's like zap. Oh, I just said the word, and not do anything. Um, for example, one mask will give Matt the ability to shoot bullets, uh, others will allow him to fly pass through solid objects or pass solid objects that would be helpful in space she'd probably get constipated um, float across bodies of water that kind of thing and get invulnerable and all that laser tracker um, <laughs> and his quest for emodium. <laughs> full um, of nutty bits anyway you can only carry four masks at once and you can only use one mask at a time each mask has a certain amount of energy uh, or bullets and so obviously as you use it this is reduced so you've got to keep replacing them the end of each level as map progresses to the next you get a code word handy that i do like it when they do that in these games it's a nice yeah, thing yeah uh, so when you get the code word you can't have to keep replaying all the levels you can just go from where you left off on that level at least anyway and that's nice that's nice nice so uh okay um it's kind of a, it's a it's a return to the stumpy medium resman um <laughs> yeah. stumpy joe i've called him so stumpy <laughs> joe is back the game is akin to game over and that kind of thing Um, the game game over you start on the left and you run to the right generally avoiding stuff that constantly attacks you you can collect extra weapons as I said masks and gadgets that help you and you can select those with the keys 1 to 4 and the mainstay of each level is to run to the right make it Mm -hmm. to the end of I want to say Super Mario like stages but I'm being very generous Very. and you'll find a door enter that by pressing down which stupid i'm just saying it's stupid but okay it's there you could just push up up more of a normal to go in Down's yeah. more of a down thing um yep. i don't know just i found it a bit weird anyway um and you go into some kind of nightmarish color of corridor of block base relief colors and shapes like play school on acid and um, the logic is the same though run to the right avoid stuff um so it's but, but the details the backgrounds anyway i'll come back to the graphics but they're just a bit mind-blowingly colorful when you go in that bit the levels are generally full of pits to fall into or hazards to cross die and it's back to the start of that Level screen, um, with which you, um, sorry, die, and it's back to the start if that level screen of that level screen, um, and you'll find that a this quickly happens, b it happens frequently, c means you die a lot, and d means you get tired of this crazy hard game pretty fast. Unfortunately, in that way, though. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. You control the action with the joystick, keys to choose weapons. As I said, the graphics are all the gremlin variety that we've come to know them for—kind of squashed, chubby sprites for your main guy and enemies of various types assailing you a lot all in that kind of C64 blockiness and colour type that mean they look puffy. I might be allergic to bee stings or animal fur, I thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they're having some kind of anaphylactic <laughs> reaction. Um, I mean, this is part future night, hints of Bounder. It's a bit of a Franken game, to say the least. It's playable if you can stand the difficulty in the game design that doesn't really deviate from run, jump, avoid. It's playable, but at full price and after two crappy games, w- would anyone have taken the chance to buy this third game? And think this is the charm. This is the one. Um, well, third, time, so, third
1: time, it's the charm.
2: So the main issue here is that the game belies the founding material, I think, again. So And I feel like I'm repeating myself. These sort of things are fairly rudimentary in terms of good versus evil, baddies and goodies. The actual, you know, the mask universe, as it were. It doesn't have to just be a run, gun and rescue type thing. You, could, you can think outside the box a little bit here. Um, There's mileage in thinking outside of all of that and creating something more compelling given that source material. It feels to me like this is source code that had been hanging around looking for a game. Graphics, as I said, um, quite, they're actually, they are squat, um, but they're okay. They're not terrible. Scrolling's okay. The the, the actual gameplay itself, it's obviously clearly using the Gremlin engine. um, And in that sense, you know, there's nothing too bad about it. It, It's like Future Night, sort of movement and style in that way. It's like that kind of thing. So, and those things aren't, broken they work but it's just a little bit dreary colourful but the gameplay is just dreary i don't really go for this kind of running and going across and running and going across it's not the first one we're going to only one of these we're going to play like this i don't see the connection between venom and mask i don't see other than the fact you pick up masks i didn't see a lot of i just it just felt like they'd bolted some other bits of game that they may have had lying around together in this i don't know it just I, it just felt like uh, this was a deal that they had around the release of three games, and that this was, you know, this was the third one, and they just, you know, this was thumped out of the the machine that could <laughs> produce them. Zap seemed reasonably impressed with it. I have to say, they gave it a seventy percent score. I wasn't so convinced. I felt it felt like an expensive game for what is essentially another run seek void, a game type which Gremlin have done a lot of, all at the average to OK end. This is not. This is no better than Future Night. If you want that kind of explorer jump and avoid stuff. Feature Night's probably better because you're not going to die as often and get frustrated with it. But I never had a lot of time for it. The display itself inside of the game, graphics are okay. Everything you needs on the screen, but I don't know. It's just all a bit fudgy and a bit allergic and a bit... Mm. just I don't, just didn't, It just didn't feel like it was a game that had Mask and the adventures of Matt Tracker trying to rescue his son really at its heart. I feel like that had been just applied to this because it kind of fit the bill. Mm. And I didn't really think much of it more than that. 10 quid's a lot for it as well. But I would never have tried my look at a third game from Mask after the first two were so awful. But what did you think?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I don't have any affinity for Mask anyway, so the actual content of the game itself, you're right, it could have been something more interesting, but it is what it is. The problem is is with a little more restraint, restraint and a lack of the patented Gremlin constant enemy sprites, this could have been a decent left-to-right running gunner It could have been alright. There's some nice ideas in the levels and um, the way that, the, I like the bridges, stuff, the way that they sort of you have to time your jump, stuff like that. So there's quite some nice, uh, okay, bit. I like the addition of masks to give different powers and health boosts and you can use them when you want so again giving the player a little bit of thing there's there's some good ideas here the problem is and but it's like you know instead of having prescribed enemies like the best of these kind of games so that you kind of know what's coming you kind of learn it it just throws an endless morass of nonsense at you none of these enemies make any sense missiles and bombs and stuff and it's just nothing makes sense it looks and sounds quite nice the music's good, the Bendag Leash piece of music. Like you said, it's squat but colourful, um, medium res, but it's animated well, it's fast, it runs smoothly. You know, not, not All those things we kind of come to expect from Gremlin. There's a good code base under the real list. They've always had that. But within five to ten minutes of this, you're just worn out. You're worn out by the bombardment of enemies and stuff. Just stuff. Yeah, or, or falling in pits you can't see. Yeah, when, exactly. When a, game, a game needs to be peaks and troughs. And when it's all peak... There's nowhere for it to go from there. It needs ups and downs. It needs pace. It needs, you need to have a breather. And there's none of that. It's just constant. It's a shame, really. This could have actually been a, a, a pretty decent, a good mask game. Even if it's mask only in nature, it could still have been a good game. The problem is it's got three-year-old tropes still being applied to it. That constant, we have to just bombard the player with constant enemies. I mean, Mario has been out for ages now. And if you look at Mario, you learn those levels. The beauty of Mario is you know where the Gumbas are coming. You know where the, the uh, not dry bones, what they're called, Coopers are coming. You know, it's three years old at this point. You only have to look at that and go, "Uh, maybe we should actually plan our levels rather than just hit the ra- random number generator of enemies and hope that does the job." And that's that's all they've done here, and it's still dragging these games back. It's it feels like you know game design from three four years previous. What we you know, it's one. Of, I remember when we first you know one of the very first episodes we did. We spoke about Entombed, and it was the thing we said about Entombed, or what I said about Entombed. It's just dead annoying to be constantly beset by a on you know, onslaught of nonsense. And so now here we are, like. Three and a half years later, and it's just still getting the same non same stuff. Three years later, it's just why have people not learned? This just, you know you looked at Future Night, and that had it, and you think, hang on a minute, maybe we design these, but it's it's easier to press the random number generator than it is to program waves. And so I guess that's the that's the thing. So yeah, I don't know why it got seventy percent. I don't think it's that. I look at the review of it. I've got it open here, sort of thing, and the pictures are all a bit uh uh. Then none of them are particularly. That seventy percent seems a bit high. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. None of them seem particularly enamoured with it. So when i when i compare this i compare this you know i think this is around the same space as guts it's the same sort of thing just in 2d rather than that sort of top down 3d then so it's another 50 percenter for me yeah there you go venom strikes back gremlin eh? gremlin mm, there we go god it'll be the last one i think i hope i don't think there's a i don't think there's a four mask four Yeah, no, good no, i don't think there is here we go that's mask venom strikes back uh yeah Pfft, mess let's move on i'm sure the next one will be great the next one's interested but let's get into it The next one is Gothic. We looked at the uh, crap crapbook for this last month. Um, this did, was the... the uh, conf- Vikings. It was the uh, ang- you know, smooth Vikings and the confused gorilla. Um, <laughs> what was There's it? a sentence you wouldn't have thought you'd have said. And when I woke up this morning, it was not, no. So, all right, this is Druid 3, somehow. Who knew? 3? Um, yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, so look, I'll get into this. This is odd. It seems to have none of the input of either Dean Carter or Andrew Bailey who were responsible for Druid or Enlightenment. Indeed, this seems to have originated on the Amstrad spectrum as it was created there by Paul Hutchinson, who had converted the first two to the Amstrad. So, indeed, this, right. game, this seems to have been made and released on the Amstrad in 1987 and then converted by Gavin Rayburn. Yes, that Gavin Rayburn. Rayburn, Rayburn, Rayburn. Rayburn, Rayburn. Uh, to the C64 in 1988. So, Considering Enlightenment came out in, like, November, November 87. This came out sometime mid-80s. It's weird. God knows what the timeline is for this one. Um, I actually reached out and asked Dean Carter on Twitter if he knew anything of this. And and, and uh, his response, you can see it's on Twitter. You can have a look if you want. He responded, he had nothing to do with this. <laughs> nothing. He said, first words were, no, exclamation mark. Okay, <laughs> and he said he he was he thought that this one nicked some of his graphics and font use. Though so, don't think he's particularly happy uh, yeah. about it, but it definitely had nothing to do with the original with the people who brought us Druid and Enlightenment, and it shows. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so weird thing I mean because when I started playing this so it was this. It was the story that sort of took me off to it it's a knockoff druid scour scouring four towers for the druid Hasranax's body and it's Hasranax that's an unusual name that's where I recognised it from it's just, which has been split into six parts by an evil magic lord who has laid claims to the lands of Bellorn? Each of the body parts is guarded by a mighty demon, and finally, the evil lord himself has taken to wearing the druid robe. Because I guess because it accentuates his body in all the right places. You know, those druid's robes are nice and nice and uh, tight. Anyway, unto this land wandered a noble hero, either o- Olga or Olaf or Olfer as it is miswritten in the manual. It says Olfa, not Olaf. There's loads of spelling mistakes in the manual, if you want to go have a look, by the way. Tons. There's loads of them. It's really badly written. Anyway, Olga or Olaf heard their name whispered on the wind <laughs> and chose at that point to enter the four towers, put the druid's body back together again, nick his rogue back, rogue backs so that the druid might live again, and take down the evil magic lord. So that's our plot. Olga, Olaf. Uh, when the game loads, we get an okay bit of music, but it's, no, it's not druid. It's no druid music, that's for sure. When get, um, a tap of the space bar, allows us to switch between Olga and Olaf. You can only play this one player, <clears throat> so we've lost the we've lost the Golem, which was one of the uh, best parts of the uh, Druid and Enlightenment. Olga is stronger in magic, and Olaf is stronger in combat. So typical sort of male female split. But to be fair, you'd be hard pressed to notice much difference. If I'm honest, I didn't when when playing it. If we go into the game, we have a standard Gauntlet style view, and this is where it's really quite hard to see just how this ties in with Druid and Enlightenment because it's not for one thing they both started out above ground which was always quite interesting lots of trees they did something different you know they weren't the standard sort of dungeon crawl that we get in all these gauntlet clones they had a different feel to them they you know they were above ground they were they started in an open space here we're in a nondescript and i mean completely nondescript castle dungeon type level with just walls and floor and it's really weird monsters just roaming about um control is the standard four-way movement uh, there's no diagonals and the fire button fires whatever you have equipped at that time. The first thing you need to do is clear some bracken. Really weird, this game. And to do this, you need to equip your fireball magic. So pressing the space bar pauses the game and takes you to the inventory screen, which is where most of the game's info is presented in a very, what I thought, a really confusing way. There's loads of icons and bars all over the place. It's really, I was like, oh God, it's too much. On the left of the screen, there's five bars that are filled up with a sort of, uh, sort of crosshatch so they're always full, but the cross hatch goes down, and that's how you know how it's been used. I just lower the bar. Ugh. so these five bars, you've got life force, <laughs> your magic strength, the number of arrows you have left, which should be a number, not a bar. We had this in something else recently as well, where it was number of arrows. I think it was in that um that old one that holds the things. Give me a number. Tell me how many I've got left. Yeah, we did. Uh and your firestorms. The the manual for this is very confusing and badly written. Um, I don't know. They're actually your fireballs firestorms i don't know let's not get that in the way uh, under these are the magic relics which you can collect which are the a ring of invisibility you know they you know, makes you invisible as comedian cloak which disguises you there's a doppelganger mask which creates a double of you i think the grim reaper which i'm not quite sure what that does and the medusa's head which you can use to freeze enemies for a period of time to have these and activate them they drain your magic until you switch them off You've got to go back into the menu and turn them back off. There's also a, a large skeleton in the middle of all in this uh, UI screen. This is, which, is game, which shows the status of the body parts that you found of the druid. Remember, the whole point is to find the six body parts. There's the number of shields you've collected. I don't know what they were for. and The level of tower you are currently in. There's also your three attacks, which are electricity, arrows, and firestorms or fireballs. Who knows? So to take out the bracken, you need the fireballs. You fire that. It's a big sort of explosion that gets rid of the bracken. This allows you to wander the maze-like level, um, and it's really here, you know, abandon all hope, all, all who enter here. It's This is a dull, boring version of Gauntlet. The level is boring. The lack of enemies leads to a very empty experience. There are some potions to be found, though, and you activate these really awkwardly. It says in the instructions that on the Commodore 64, you press the left arrow to activate these, except it's not. You've got to be pushing up on them from underneath and press Enter. Um, It's not the left arrow. So I don't know what this is all about. I think there's something to change. It's actually Enter on both Spectre and Amstrad. So it's the same on the C64. Why they thought to change it, I don't know. And these potions, they're randomised from a possible 32 different types that do all manner of things, some good and some bad. So there's no planning. You might just get, oh, it all goes dark or you've got to go slow, or enemies are dead fast, or your speed speeds up, or you're losing health, or it could be anything. So it's a complete random nightmare picking these potions because you never know whether it's going to be good or bad. So why would you ever pick them? Like the, it's like the question mark ball spots in the Bounder. You, you, you avoid them. There's some food to find, which gives you health back, along with magical refills to give you magic back and the like. It's you know it's interesting. There's stuff to stuff to find. There's complexity here, but it's all for nothing when the game is boring. It also does that thing where you have to get very close to the side of the screen to start scrolling. So monsters are upon you before you can react to them. You're literally about a, you know a. a a character's width away from the edge of the screen before it starts moving. And so you just get hit by enemies all the time. Couple this with the fact it's all too easy to run out of fireball power or arrows because there's not enough of them to sort of re- replenish them. And so you can. Uh, you, it makes progress impossible because you've got to get through some of this bracket. And if you use all your fireballs, you can't, nothing else will get past it. So you're stuck and that's it, you're done. It's really not a very well-designed game, this. And just shows how well thought out and designed Druid and Enlightenment were in comparison. Um, I thought this was a poor video game. It promises to deliver with all its extra bits bolted onto the gauntlet frame and the druid frame, but then forgets to do anything good with them and makes everything really confusing and un- un- unpleasant and you know incomprehensible. And I've played the Dark Souls games, you know, which are not known for their you know ability to sort of get on with, and they're, they're quite um, uh, sort of obtuse and, and sort of opaque to sort of try and understand them, but. Here, these are just like this is just nonsense. Like, what's going on? So no, I didn't like this. And one final thing as well: you play, you get rated on both rank and title. I ended up as a noble pune, whatever the hell that means. What's a pune? I've always considered you a, a noble <laughs> pune, if it's any consolation. <laughs> Thanks, because well, this
2: game just confirmed. I it. refer, I refer to uh, to you that, that way with most conversations actually. Yeah.
1: Adrian, no, he's a noble old peon. yeah. What's <laughs> a <laughs> pune? <peon? laughs> I don't know this game, but I didn't understand it. I just didn't understand this game. Where it came from, why it was made, who thought it was a good idea, or why it was released for for ten pound on the Commodore sixty four. It's just a mystery to me, and you know it's an affront to the uh, the Druid license. So I didn't like this at all. You know you're on, you're treading on shaky ground when you you're messing about with the Druid stuff. You better make it good, and you haven't. So no, this is bad, and I didn't like it. So there you go, Gothic. No, what did you think? <laughs>
2: No, I agree with you. No, gothic, no. I have not got a great deal to add. I wasn't impressed with this. Speech, (laughs) okay. Um, Funky sample drum soundtrack type deal, okay. Wasn't sure what to make of it, really. Part druid, part gauntlet. Not the good parts, though. Really eggy parts. Yeah, the parts you don't want to think about. <laughs> the
1: eggy druid part. Yeah. <laughs> You've mixed that potion all wrong. <laughs> it's, it's well eggy. If this was a pint,
2: you'd say it was eggy and you'd take it back when it's eggy. Don't want you to drink would, that, yeah. it's too eggy. Uh,
1: yeah, I need a, need a fresh one. Horrible colours on this, aren't there? Cyan on green. No. It's just n- unpleasant.
2: Blocky, badly defined sprites and a weird weapon selection that seemed incongruent with the game. Uh, yep. Scrolling was annoying as it occurs as you said too close to the edge of the screen which inevitably means you have enemies on top of you all the time and the maze is dull and it all feels really lame. I did not enjoy playing this and quickly grew tired of the gameplay. If you're going to make a follow-up to two great games, don't do that, what they did. Awful, awful, stupid, stupid thing. And at full price as well. No, no more of this now. If you, I mean, the thing is, you might have gone into this thinking that it was going to be a, you know, a, a ho-hum, follow on to Druid, you'd be sadly mistaken. I was, as soon as I started, I saw this, what I guess is one of those gorillas, hoying, humping its way, <laughs> galumphing its way around there, like a, like a duvet with a face, a brown duvet. The, the brown duvet is not a good name for anything. An actual product or a pub or a bar or a nightclub. Or an event. Or an event. No one's going to the brown duvet now. No one wants to experience a brown duvet. <laughs> in Bristol, there's a, a pub that does a night called Duvet Vu. That's pretty clever, like a, like a theme night. Not mm-hmm. that it's based around duvets, it's based around Aber, obviously. Um, I think, Dance Night. I don't know. It doesn't matter <laughs> how I know that or why. What's important is uh, this game is rubbish, and that is important. No, no, I, I didn't like Gothic. I, I like the other games of that they're trying to mimic too much to give that any more time than I gave it, which wasn't a lot because I found it really horrible. So, nope, nope, rubbish. Go
1: away, Gothic. Don't like you. Don't like you. No, no, it wasn't very good at all. No gothic no gothic uh here we go that's gothic bad let's move along we've got two left graham tell us all about your north star
2: north star uh this is from gremlin again i know coded by sentient software they did a question of scruples remember that that confusing one that we didn't the pointless like, one. The yeah, point- pointless pointless, pointless one. Graphics are obviously credited to sentient software. I don't know who that comprises, and I didn't look into it. The design was by Jobby. <laughs> you can't just be Jobby. Oh Jobby! Design is <laughs> a game word, Jobby. Jobby. Um, anyway, so Jobby did the <laughs> design. Jobby. Um, and, um, <laughs> oh <Joby. laughs> Jobby. Jobby. I've got a mad game. Have you, Jobby? You've done well there. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you got it's your it's shoes on the wrong feet, Jobby. <coughs> it is actually, he's, he's called John O'Brien. <laughs> but he's, yeah,
2: known Jobby, as, Jobby. he's known as Jobby, 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 Jobby. Oh, and Jobby. Ben, ben Daglish, or Daggy, <coughs> did the music. And <laughs> Benny, it's
3: known.
1: Benny and Jobby.
2: <laughs> Together again. Um, I'll read from the back of the box. Although I don't like looking at it too long because it has got a man with a robot arm and,
1: and ripped trousers showing off his ass crack on it, which is not fun for anyone. I'm looking at that right now. It's a, it's a yeah, there's an oversaturation of bloom on that cover. There's a lot of bloom, but it is you can clearly see ass cheeks. There's there's definitely, yeah, there's definitely, if he's a robot sort of thing, why would they, you know, put a crevice in there? Yeah, that, and why has he got a
2: pink boob on his back? <laughs> anyway, um... <laughs> is a boob back. <laughs> he's one of the boob backs. Boob uh, back <laughs> robo bum. <laughs> no, no, they didn't choose that name for him. Anyway, I'll read the back of the box. I'll try and avoid my that ticking my eyeline. Um, it says, alone it stands, majestic and proud. Oh, God. Is that the boob on his back? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I don't know what it's referring to at the moment. I'm hoping it's nothing too rude. Um, the final hope to Earth's savagery and overpopulation, North Star. A glorious space station orbiting serene tranquility. Too much tranquility. Too much bloody perspective. Is. <laughs> too much. <laughs> Preparation should be underway for the final evacuation. <laughs> We've all been there. That's why he's got half <laughs> cheeks. That's it. I mean, I know for a fact that there's several times when you've been preparing for the final evacuation.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. It's that lesser-known version of uh, a Europe song. <laughs>
2: um, or a very powerful toilet motion. Anyway. Um, communications are dead. Scientists cannot be raised. A dreadful gloom overtakes the population. Has their last hope gone? Only one can find out. Only one has the necessary powers. That one is you a unique being on a mission to rescue a unique project. I got a sense that in that last sentence, they just kind of, you need to summarize it better. Oh, all right. Yeah. A unique being on a mission to rescue a unique project. Like, Hmm. Okay. Anyway, um, the North star project, um, was the most highly classified operation ever to be undertaken by the four earth Lords. And it's gone tragically wrong. The year, Was 2499, and an overpopulated Earth was grasped in starvation. Uh, Man fought against man, desperate for food. A meeting was called, and the Earth laws decided upon an elaborate plan of action. A space station would be built. Not an ordinary space station. It would not just, it would not hold just 10, 20, or even 100 people. I would hope not. (laughs) No, that's not a lot, (laughs) is it? It's not not many, but thousands upon thousands. I would be heading towards more towards the millions upon millions end of that. Anyway. Um, There, they would be able to produce foods high in nutritional value very efficiently, and most importantly, very quickly. This minutiae of detail here is surprising. (laughs) They're growing bananas. Um, (laughs) um, The building started, and daily flights of scientists and equipment were sent up. Um, Sent up? I'm I'm just, you know, anyway... Um, as the years went by, the steady flow of flights with their target loads accelerated the project to almost the point of completion. Almost the point of completion. Almost been there as well. Almost been there at some point, I think. Until one day when a flight left, it never returned. The station now called North Star. What was it called before? Why would they call it something different and then change it? Then It um, was know. paged from Earth, but there was no reply. You have been appointed to fly to North Star to find out what's going on and to resolve any problems you may find. Okay. Okay. Arriving on North Star, you find the station has been overrun by an alien horde. See that one coming, did you? No, we <laughs> did not. No. No human survivors can be seen anywhere. Are they really all dead? You notice that um, the life support systems are inoperative. Only your robot Im- robotic implants prevent you from suffocation. Why didn't they just send up a robot? Uh, you know what? Shh! I'm going to stop myself from even thinking too. Loud yeah, here. don't
1: don't think too hard. Now about your it. task
2: becomes clear. You must destroy these alien lifeforms and reactivate the life support systems by making your way to the North Star Project Center. Yeah, call okay. it something more exciting than that. Never. <laughs> so what this entail- entails is essentially a case of walking left to right, taking out everything you can see. That's You're armed not, with a lance, the truth. which you can use from some distance—not a lot of distance, but some distance. Although you can only attack in one direction at time. Um, and aliens come from behind you and all around you. Many of them using sort of strange patterns and jumping things. There are ledges to be climbed. The lance can be used to hoist your way up. I didn't get it to do that. but No, apparently I didn't. Can. Enemies often give off bubbles. This is a blurb that I, I found somewhere. Um, for points or stars, collected for an extra life. You are limited to the amount of oxygen you have to complete a level, and you have four lives, one of which is lost on contact things. Mm-hmm. So it's another dull, next to impossible frustrating medium res run and poke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This time, you have to run and poke and jump at the right time and avoid enemies. That will make you ping backwards. Really annoyingly ping yep. backwards. Ping backwards and down. Down so, and backwards. Down and back. Back into the deck. <laughs> so it's run and run again. The graphics here are reasonable. I'll give them that. A smaller, mm. less pudgy sprite this time who pokes angrily with his space lance at the baddies. It's a very pokey game. It's like pokey, pokey, pokey. And what's not to like about that? Lots of poking in there. Good. Sold. Well, there's plenty, actually, to not like. Graphically, as I said, it's not terrible. Uh, the screen scrolls okay uh, but again it's a bit on the late side and your walk to dashing speed will get you killed more than it should because as you run he sort of yeah. runs and dashes and it's own, and it just ends up you end up end, end up not being controlling it in the way you should for this sort of thing the main window in the game is the game so most of the screen is taken up by that the bottom is the ui with the score lives and indicators for special objects etc yeah. it's the usual deal for this kind of game they haven't stretched the gremlin engine far for this no Um, It offers very little that is original or interesting, which is a great shame. It's too hard for a start, by miles too hard. uh, Mm -hmm. And the gameplay is a little on the dull side. Just run and poke and jump and run and poke and poke. And did I say that he's a lot of poking? There's a lot of poking. It's like a devious and more unforgiving and way shitter Green Beret. Uh, And that did this kind of gameplay style better and ages ago. It's another... Full price, easy to code, no design required. Brainless piece of shit from Gremlin. Reasonable sounds and music from Ben Douglas. okay graphics, some nice colors in there, but ultimately a flaccid game over style run and poke. And I didn't like it. It had all the trimmings, and it could have been something I think with if they'd have just got out of that stupid habit they've got into of just throwing things in and hoping for the best. Um, there isn't didn't feel like there was there was a lot more thought given to the weird storyline than it deserved. And none of that really is inside of this game, as I, I saw it. You're just kind of running along and poking. Um, I didn't like it. Got 77% in Zap, which is odd. Seems like quite a high score, I felt, for what this was, because yeah. it's, not far, it's not far off the uh, the other game that we played from them. So it's just, this is almost Venom Strikes Back in a slightly different pants. So I don't know. wasn't for me, this. I found it really, I found it actually too hard. I found it too hard to be enjoyable, um, which is just, you know, I'm going to go and play Green Beret. If I want to go running, jumping and poking, I'm going to play Green Beret. That's the ultimate pokey game. I'm going for that, yeah. Um, but I'm not going to be playing this nonsense. It's just not very good, and it's a bit late to the day with all of this anyway. But uh, the music is all right. I'll give it that, and the graphic's okay, I suppose. But other than that, eh, distinctly meh. What about you?
1: Yeah, it sits in a weird no-man's land, doesn't it? It's, run, it's basically to it's run right and hold down the fire button and try and not get killed. You won't. Yeah, because you can hold the fire button down, can't you? you just, just poke, 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 poke poke, yeah. poke, 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 poke. Yeah, but you'll still die a lot because the way it jumps and the way that they'll just drop on your head for no reason. It's just annoying. It's another game with a solid bass, you know, nice visuals, nice sound, but it's just not been play tested again to see if it's any good and playable by normal people. The visuals are quite nice, they're unusual. It moves fast, it's got a nice front end, but it's a game that's let down when you actually play it. It's far too punishing to be enjoyable, and sits in that game over army moves niche. I thought where difficulty trumps design in a way that is unpleasant to experience. It's a weird sort of in the middle of it because it looks a bit like that Exelon game, Um so that so it looks a bit like that, and it, it feels like uh, like I said, yeah, Green Beret. Green Beret does it better, you know, because there's obviously um Green Beret it does, does it, yeah yeah Green Beret does it way better because. It was designed by you know people for the arcade experience who knew what they were doing, um, but and, and it was obviously probably play-tested quite a lot and worked out and you know and it works and that the Commodore sixty four conversion is brilliant. It's just three, two, three years later, and what have we got? This like ugh, uh, it's, I've never heard of this, and I, you know I was think I was happy in my ignorance but I actually played it. It just feels just. I, I don't know. They're just not playing the games. They're making them and they look nice and they play all right but, but to a point. But they're not actually saying, put it in the hands of people and go, but is this any good? And you go, No, no, tune it down a bit. You know, oh, but yeah, but that, uh, just release it. It looks nice. It looks good screenshots on the back. I'll get people in. No, nah, I didn't like this. Stupid story as well. And, you know, robot buttocks. So with with Maximum Bloom. Um yes, uh, lots o- o- of bloom. Orland- Orlando's brother. <laughs> <laughs> Maximum Bloom. Max, hey, Max Bloom. Max Bloom. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> he, he never got in the uh, Hobbit Lord of the Rings. <laughs> anyway, North Star. No, this is more like Rusty Star. But there we go. I didn't like that. Let's move along. We've got one left. This is the last game for June. 90- well, Ninety. Just to come back as well, they're, they're doing that same face in the uh, review scores as well. They're all like, mm, yeah, this isn't very good. Mm, and then it gets 77%. I'm thinking like, there's some gremlin books been." washed around somewhere for that to get that high because this doesn't deserve 77% not even close no but you know what do I know what do I know what do I know the gremjin is what I've started to call it by the way the gremlin engine (laughs) the (laughs) gremjin the gremjin I love it so true unfortunately not really good no the gremjin let's move along we've got one left And that one is target renegade uh I think we're gonna be splitting splitting the uh, splitting the p down the middle on this one somewhere Eight it's got 84 percent. All right so it has to be said that whatever we say about the games oceans were the kings of the loading screen tunes. This has got a great loading screen tune. Really yeah, it's good. It's really good this one. Target Renegades No except. It's got a thumping loading screen tune and a pretty decent um title screen tune as well. It's got good music all the way through this. So yeah, that that's a, it's cracking. And a good, you know, title I, I I quite like the uh, uh the uh, the image as well. It's a good representation of the uh, the game, you know, the uh, cover. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I think you I think you like this game. I think that's clear. I do. Uh it's a home computer console only sequel to the arcade hit Renegade. So this didn't hit the arcades. This was just a home console computer, as far as I can make out. Um, It's another belt squalor fighter that sees you treading the streets of Scumville in order to save your brother, which is odd, as your brother is nowhere to be seen in this game i didn't think it was to i thought it was to save your girlfriend do you get the end but what do i know uh the review in zap seems to indicate that the brother has been murdered and this is a trek for revenge and to take down mr big whatever uh it don't matter whatever it's the story it's a typical thing somebody's wronged you you're going to walk along off screens and beat people up so this is from imagine coding by dave collier visuals by john palmer and martin mcdonald and music by gary biasillo and it's produced by dc ward as noted the music throughout this is excellent from loading screen to title screen to in-game to interstitial tunes there's a great range of them and they're all good I like them all the game has the usual title screen for these kind of games and the options are minimal just an option to switch between sound effects and music leave the music on it's good once into the game we can see that things have taken a step up since renegade gone are the chunky blocky sprites that uh, plagued that game um, and the stupid control system that, that it had as well where you had to use the numbers one two and three to do two attacks and along with the key along with the joystick um, and in the play are high-res overlaid sprites that we've seen in things like because um I think Martin mcdonald worked on Platoon. Um and so you can see a similarity in sprite design that we had in there. It's that typical, it's that what Ocean were doing, that sort of overlay high-res overlaid sprites. So there's really, really nice sprite work in this and controls all via the joystick. There's no keyboard now, it's all the joystick control. The backgrounds themselves are a bit sparse, but they're a much higher quality as than they what we saw in that first game. And the animation is excellent. Um, and the all around presentation is great as well. The action takes place in the top four fifths of the screen, gives you plenty of room to take on the various enemies that beset you. As in Renegade and other belt squad a fighter, the view is from the back and to the side slightly to give you a pseudo 3D look, allowing you to move up and down as well as light and rope. Sorry, left and right. Up and fire, there's a jump kick. While it's down and fire, there's a low punch and also picks up any object that you may be standing over. This is usually just a bat, but you can grab that if you're there. Fire and the direction you are facing throws a punch or swings whatever weapon you may have. And fire the fire and the way you are not facing does a back kick. The UI at the bottom gives you your score, the level you're on, your timer, a message of good luck, <laughs> which is nice. There's some animated eyes that reflect what is happening to your avatar and then your endurance bar and lives themselves. As soon as you start, you're beset by a biker dude, reminding me of Cobra a little bit, so you've got to get out of the way quickly. But at least in this, you can actually get out of the way. It's quite simple. And you've got to take them out with a jump kick, the fighting in this is tricky at first. It takes a little bit of while to get used to it. It's quite punishing. And the enemies are not to be trifled with. Once one wrong time punch will let them in on you. They're usually in pairs and are not above grabbing you whilst the other pummels you and leads to your endurance going down at an alarming rate and your five lives disappearing quickly. If you do not let this happen and take out the enemies, you get a little endurance boost. So every time you take out an enemy, you get an endurance boost. So that's quite a good way of getting your energy back if you don't get hit. So with each one, you take down. So the first level of this is set on a multi-level car park. You have to make it down to the first floor. Um, so essentially, you're going left to right. You get a lift. You go down. Then you right to left. Go down. Left to right. Down again. And then right to left. So that's just the first level. So the first level is a bit more complicated. Well, complicated, but it's more to it than any of the other levels. And what you got to do, is you got to get to uh, a phone. It's a strange way to end a the level. There's no boss. You just get to a phone. There's a phone ringing at the end. You get to the phone, you answer the phone, and it ends the level. Very strange. Never quite understood. I don't know who's on the phone. Maybe it's Mr. Big. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's nobody. The subsequent le- levels after this, they're all linear. Um, you're just having to get to the end of the level, so it's just a left-to-right scroller after this. And once again, you just got to get to a phone call to finish it. Level 2 sees you on the streets, and... I'll just come out. There's this questionable representation of the of these 80s game needs pointing out here. Um you are facing off against pimps and prostitutes um who attack you with guns, canes, and knees to the groin. It is what it is. It's I mean they're well drawn sprites, but they're they're pimps and prostitutes. They were replete in these kind of games though, weren't they? Those kind of street hoodlums and the, yeah, those kind of characters. So it is what it is. This just has more of them. So you're punching women and you're punching pimps who will actually try to shoot you, and that's the point of this second level. You've got to learn how to avoid the bullets and getting close and also hit you with a cane. As well, so you know they're, they're sort of huggy bear style, pimp style, seventies style things. It is what it is. The third level takes you through the park where skinhead bother boys attack you. It's kind of strange. Level four sees the Beastie Boys in town. <laughs> it's actually the Beastie Boys it says, and their fans are set. and fans are set up on you to take you down, and they've got they've got dogs as well. So you've got dogs to beat up as well with the Beastie Boys. They're all sort of these cap wearing drainpipe sort of trouser jeans and sort of the, you know college style um jackets. If you get through that. You got to get to level five. That's the interior of uh, the uh, Mr. Big's hideout. You got to take down Mr. Big's freakish henchman, They look the kind of Frankensteinish um, before you take on the brutish Mr. Big himself. Who's like a like a dressed like a sort of a big sailor guy with massive forearms and he's sort of hunched forward. But he's you know he's a he's a end end of game boss as it was at this time. <clears throat> If you take him out, it's quite nice. You get time for a chug of beer and a slow walk out the bar with your gal in your arms. It's a, a nice ending to this. A, at least it felt like you were rewarded for your perseverance if you ever got through this. I did back in the day. I played a lot of this and actually did complete it. No cheats. I managed to get through this. Uh, another one I could actually make my way through. A C64 games go. This is quite the looker. The sprites are really nicely done and the animation throughout is excellent. And yes, although it is dubious in this day and age, although, you know, it's far less than anything present in any Grand Theft Auto game we, we could argue the representations of various minority groups are cartoon enough and fit into this genre to not feel too egregious it is what it is it's one of these the main issue with the game is the collision detection me it's something that you have to come to terms with and you will swear on occasion you should have punched someone and taken and you you know and it's not landed. and you've taken a hit for your troubles It is also a little empty with only you and two enemies on screen at any one time or a biker guy at the beginning. So there's not much in the way of action. So, and it's, I think on the Spectrum version, you could play it two player according to the instructions. This is a single player game. You can only play it one player. And I think it's all those high res sprites and overlays. I I just think, you know, it is what it is. It's just down to that number of sprites in each character. There's no flickering. There's no, you know, there's, there's no glitching or anything like that. I just think the multiplexer is working at full pace here to get even just those quality of the higher sprites and the overlays and all the background stuff and everything working i just don't think they could fit more on screen without it breaking probably but even just two of them on it provides a challenge they'll come on fast you know they you're always fighting against somebody so yeah it is a little bit empty the levels can seem a bit empty there's not a lot in them the backgrounds are a bit sparse but at least you're fighting someone constantly just about um i do like this game and I don't know if I may play many of these, but it's certainly the best of the type we've played so far on the machine. I'm not sure if there's many others we've played. Um, maybe only Renegade, if there's been any others, but we'll see. See if some others come along. And, and, and I don't know. I can't remember things like Double Dragon and stuff on the C64. So I don't remember. I seem to remember that not being very good, but we'll wait and see. It could be great. I don't know. I feel like this game is certainly the best of the type. Yeah. So it feels fun to work your way through the through the visuals, the music controls, all through the joystick. They make it work. Uh, what it's tempting to do, it does very well. I, I don't mind this. I like it. It plays well. It's smooth. It's fast. Um, and it has a lot. You know enough going on for to keep me entertained and I find this quite challenging but not overly challenging there's not much more to say about this it's a it's just a good you know they took everything that was wrong with Renegade in my opinion and they fixed it and so I'm all happy about that there's no bad thing presentations this is excellent it plays fine I enjoy it it is what it is for some reason I can see it's got some issues but I think in the grand scheme of things this is one of the better versions of this type of thing that we're going to play um, on the machine, but so I really like this. A nice way to end out the month. I don't think you're quite as positive for me, but what did you think? It's a curious old thing, isn't it? This really a home game sequel to an
2: arcade. Weird. um Start with the good. risk with nice graphics. There's no doubt about the sprites. Anyway, very detailed and cool. Good animations or some nice animations and some of the things. Music is very, very good. Um, he's a relative newcomer as well, I think. Gary Basselli, yeah, he, is didn't it he didn't
0: do
1: much, yeah.
2: So, uh, but the music is good. Um, good piece for the loading screen, as you say, although I don't know if that's by him, but it is good. Um, but uh, it's all good in game as well. Really good. A nice set of unusual dramatic music as well. You know, the, when it first starts, the, the, it's just, it's got a good feel when it initially loads. Mm-hmm. Um, so the backgrounds are okay. They get very repetitive and some of the scaling is way off the chart. <laughs> um, so the park benches must be massive in that park. Yeah, because yeah, you know, and that that's a problem for me. But that's the problem because of the other problem, um, and that's because your main sprite is too small for this kind of game. So either have smaller backgrounds or bigger sprites, but you, it looks weird. So you end up with these ginormous trees and benches and an, a tiny midget fighting. But it is a well drawn, you know, small sprite. Um, or a collection of sprites because I'm thinking like you say you've got overlays here of high res on top of you know other things and this stuff going on it's all good um, so the main graphics for some of the enemies is quite good as well those parts of it Um, not that there's many of them enemy types but the parts that are there are okay but what quickly becomes apparent in this game are the Commodore 64's limitations Um, and that's my problem with it really this is a game where its limitations are are plain to see very detailed sprites but very few of them at any given moment and yeah you're fighting something but you're fighting the same thing over and over and over and over again motorbike two punks motorbike two punks motorbike two punks Mm -hmm. motorbike going down the lift motorbike two punks motorbike go down the lift motor and it's the same thing and it's just dull There's no other way around that it's dull but you get through that and you get to the next bit and then it's just more of the same yes the different backgrounds different sprites the same thing two of something one of something two of something two of something one of something it just gets these games rely on there being more on the screen unfortunately they do and that's where i say that the limitations of the platform start to show um so it's a, It is a side-scrolling beat beat em up, and it does have that. And the fighting moves are all there, and it is better than Renegade in the sense that the fighting moves are all controllable. And you do, like you said, the collision is off a bit, um, but it's just empty of things to beat up with any variety. And that's you know that's why the final fights and those games have so much of different enemies. Sometimes you know, obviously, it can be the same kind of enemy, but you know they've all got different individual names in a kind of weird way. They're just there's just more to do. And this this lens, is this, this more of a uh, double dragon game of that type than it is any of the sort of Capcom later big fighting games. And I get that, I mm-hmm. know. And they're obviously they're on powerful arcades and it's not fair to do a comparison. But even by the Commodore 64 standards, this is a little bit showing the Commodore 64 out of its depth here a little. Now, they do mention this in the side-scrolling beat-em-up book, albeit it's a little bit of a footnote, but it is mentioned in there. And it does say there there's a Amstrad... Spectrum. There's a NES version of this as well, which has got a little bit more going on. um But out of all of those, the C64 actually looks the best in terms of its kind of look. He looks a bit like a Rambo character, doesn't he? And he does look like that, mm. and that is quite good. That is to its credit. And the main clay window on the C64 is really big. It's, you know, most of the screen is you fighting in that game. Most of it is most of it's there, and that's pretty good as well. In a, in a one load, or at least is it one load? It's not multi load, is
1: it? Or is it multi load? No, it's a single load. So one load. So.
2: I quite like the thing at the bottom as well. When you get hit in the face and you sort of see, you know, he blinks and he sort of, you know, that's quite nice. Stuff, there is little bits that I like about it, um, but it's just a bit hit and miss, really, for me. Sometimes you the scrolling acts really strangely. So yeah. you'll be, you'll be, you can be fighting enemies, and this happens actually though. I mean, I don't know if this is just isolated to this game. I've noticed this happen on some of the more top flight sort of side scrolling ups where you end up fighting literally at the edge of the screen, and the enemies are just not really even appearing. You're just punching the side of the screen and stuff like that. Once you get the baseball bat in this as well, um, it's a bit easy, really. I mean, it's not a hard game. I mean, I went through the first, what, three levels without really getting any challenge. It's not hard, uh, which is, again, a problem. These games are famous for being gradually difficult. But how can you make the game more difficult when all you can ever have is two of anything on the screen? The game's never going to be more difficult because of that. And yes, they shoot at you, one of them. Uh, the pimp shoots at you, and there's other variations of that, but it's never really that difficult. You know, once you've got a weapon, you're pretty much in control, unless you lose that weapon. Um, so I don't know. Is the collision is it b- buggy? Um, sometimes it seemed perfectly good when I was jumping and kicking them off the motorbike. I thought actually that was pretty good. And other times I did the same thing and just nothing happened. I'm thinking, what's going on here? So, but mm, yeah, I never encountered it as a problem, other because it always worked to my advantage. But uh, then again, that could you know, it's just blind luck. Um, you don't really get a sense of impact on anything either. You're just sort of, you know, you're batting people and they do they do kind of wobble a bit, but I don't know. I didn't find the overwhelming odds in this game overwhelming really at all. They just kind of come in two by twos. Um, and that was just kind of this game. It's just a game that wears its limitations on its sleeve, I think. I think personally, maybe this needed a bit more time in the oven to create a better sprite multiplexer routine or get a better better coder or a series of coders with it. Someone that can really handle um complex sprite routines in that way and that can really get behind that. Um I don't know who that would be. And you know, this team are pretty amazing at that kind of thing as it goes. So maybe there's some really clever stuff going on and, and I don't doubt that there is. Um but um I think taking all of that into account, what you end up with is something that is a little bit empty and dull. There's no way around it, it is. And I know you said that's an accepted limitation of the game. For me, it's not. This is a game that's fundamentally about me. You having to run and beat people up, and yes, I get to do that, but only in pairs. Not very exciting. Doesn't feel. And I think the music doesn't help. The music is really good, mm. but it feels melancholy and kind of downbeat. And you know, um, if I think of the music that's in Final Fight and the music that's in that, you know, diddle do, diddle do, diddle do, you, know, you get all that kind of stuff. I, you know, I guess this is just trying to do that and it's a Commodore 64, so it is what it is. But I will say the music is great and those sprites are some of the nicest ones you'll see in a game. Pity more games didn't do that technique. Pity they didn't. I don't Mm. get really get why. I mean, some of the games we've seen have got barely any sprites on the screen so it would have been easy to create that technique for those. I don't know. Daily Thompson's the second version of Daily Thompsons had that kind of sprite as I well. Think as I think so. Recall.
1: Yeah, this is very much a sort of a uh, later Ocean Ultimate, yeah, anyway, um, not um, Ultimate um, Imagine style of thing. Like I said, it's the guy who did Platoon, and they're in their Platoon. So yeah, and the cl- cl- and that's clever code as well. This I think there's clever stuff going on. I just think that there's just not enough
2: clever stuff going on for me. Um, and the music does do a lot of heavy lifting in that game to really lift it up, even before you get to the game. Really nice sprites. I really do like those. They're really nicely the designed, but it's a bit of empty game syndrome for me, sadly. I don't. I don't know. Eighty-four percent. That's probably about right, actually, for something like this. I mean, what, what what are you going to be able to add to this game in the context of having sixty-four k really mm-hmm. and all that music in it? You either have to take out some of the backgrounds to ramp up the sprite detail, or make the sprites really blocky. So you can have more of them. There's a compromise around every corner, isn't there? Yeah. So this is maybe the, maybe this is just the, the version with the least amount of compromise for quality of what they wanted. And okay, if that's the way it is. So 84%, I think is a good score. But I don't know. I would suggest you go and play it to see what you think. If you know, if you're a, a fan of the kind of side-scrolling beat-em-up, you really have to play it, really, because it's one of the, you know, part of the histrionics of it. Um so and without this, would you have got some of the later stuff? I, you know, there are they all seem to on a journey, don't they? These side scrolling beat em ups. Every single one of the games that comes out adds a little something to the mix. Yeah. So, so you know, I'll give it that. I will we'll give it that. I don't hate it. Um, I didn't. I just find it dull. But I've also been jaded by a thousand side scrolling beat em ups. Hmm. Now, once you've played Final Fight and you've played some of those Capcom ones, so a lot of these older ones, so even the arcade, start to look crap in comparison to some of those because they're just so damn good at what they do. By that point, they're at the pinnacle. You know, when you when you when you Hagger and you're smashing someone into the ground and. Stuff like that, um, you know, you're you're reaching that point when these games are at their kind of peak. So these are all part of the history, and in that in that case, a good footnote to have as well. But just I think not quite re- not quite there for me. This
1: I think at this point, sort of thing where I was playing this because and I did play it quite a lot back then. I remember really liking it and playing it a lot. Was this was I really was a massive fan of? Um, I think Golden Axe was my belt scroller of choice in the arcade, um, which I think was out by this point. Probably I think when was Golden Axe? Was it eighty oh, seven? I don't know. Mm, um, I think it's- you, I can't remember off the top of my head, um, but so the thing with with this was that it was the closest decent one we had on on the machine, and I think that's probably why I liked it so much. Um, Golden Axe was 1989, according. I to I was 89? Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know what else was. Whether you know, I know there was Renegade, but I don't know what there was. Well, Double Dragon and all that stuff predates all of this,
2: really, and that's where this kind of it's this is more along that trajectory, the less of the yeah. Golden Axe trajectory. It's more Double Dragon renegade obviously and
1: yeah it's a sequel to like renegade that. but i just i don't know i don't know for me it was just uh i think it's approachability and it's the fact that it wasn't rock hard was was a nice so many c64 games as we've seen so they're just stupidly hard this felt approachable and you could learn it and do it and it felt like oh and there was a nice ending it just left a good taste in my mouth when i played it and i and i think that was that was the thing about it it feels like uh it doesn't feel like it wants to punish you all the time, like so many of these bloody games do. Um, and I know what you're. I, I understand completely what you're saying, and I get all those those criticisms. And, and it, you know, you, you compare if you compare this to you know it's bit arcade Big Brothers and stuff like that. Then yeah, fair enough. But I would have liked. It, it's it's a like you said. I think it's just a compromise around it. So you make your compromises where you make them. So do you have the good looking flashy sprites? Or do you make them a little less, not quite as good, and have some more on screen at once? That's what I mean. There was more on. In, how many were in on screen in Renegade in the original? I can't remember now. Um, I don't know that there was a lot more, but
2: Renegade had that awful controls, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. So keyboard controls. So it, there is there is good parts to this. Yeah,
1: but yeah, it's. Um, I think it's a product of its time. It's and, and like I said, it. Uh, on the machine at the time that I don't think there's anything else to touch it in mm. in this genre and I think that's the thing because I was wanting something of this ilk to play at home and there's nothing else like it going back to it now yeah you can spot all the problems with it um Probably and they I, did I, a sequel to this as well Yeah there's Renegade 3 yeah yeah well, god knows what that one will be like I don't know I mean there are, I mean there are ports of Double Dragon and stuff on the C64 aren't there I think Yeah and Golden Axe And Golden Axe I, I seem to remember them not being that great And Final Fight Well <laughs> oh. <laughs> see what they're all like i'm not holding out much hope for that, <laughs> no no exactly Um <laughs> uh, but it is it's target renegade it's it's uh it is what it is i think it's uh it stands out for certain reasons i think that just appeal to me um you know and just i think you you know just is what it is and i think coming after back of north star and everything else we played this week mm. gothic and yeah, yeah. Like that. an interesting footnote by the way is the nez versions the music in that is by tim Follin. oh really okay yeah,
2: so. but I was just I'd look- be interested to hear what that is, because he'll have done a really good version of the same music, I don't doubt that.
1: Maybe. I mean, I was just looking at some of the screenshots of the NES version, it looks uh, very uh, compact. Those characters look a bit... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And flip
2: screen as well, most of the other versions, aren't
1: they? Yeah, they probably will be, yeah, I would have thought. Especially the Amstrad Spectrum, probably. I mean, interesting that Spectrum has two players. And then apparently there's a, a free downloadable Windows-based
2: version called Target 20- 2006, where someone's uh. done a version of a PC, which you can download, that, that doesn't look classically great no, probably <laughs> in. Never no mind but either way like you said i i mean i agree i mean don't i remember getting this i remember getting it but i didn't buy it i remember getting this as a as a crack um and i can't remember it was cracked by i, I keep f- i have this funny feeling it was multi load but I don't, I don't know why i don't know i don't think I don't it was why uh, i feel like that no i don't i just maybe it's just because i I'd on disc and that's just you know you associate discs with yeah I, I mean mind. I this was a this would it have was, been better as a multi-load though would that, would that have given them you know more dexterity with stuff I don't yeah. I don't know maybe it's not possible
1: yeah maybe probably I mean i I remember uh i, I this is a this was a two quid special from jm for me huh. um so I didn't buy it full price but I did buy it but it was one of those two quid ones I remember loving that music though I still do when I heard it I was like wow it is
2: good it is really good
1: the yeah, music. yeah it's it, re- right, it's, it's different and unusual and doesn't sound like a lot of other things yeah just that dun-dun dun 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 dun, when you load
2: it up it reminded me of robocop the music as well robocop's got for the ocean robocop's got great music
1: yeah and like he has got all those other great bits as well like you know the gunshots across the screen the ending bit there's a lot of there's a lot in this but i think maybe at the you know at the point where we can only put two two enemies on screen or an enemy on a bike uh, yeah was what it is There we go. That's Target Renegade. That's it. That's our eight games done for this week. That's it. That's June. Done. We have done with June. So what did we look at this week? We looked at Draconis, The Adventures of Frognum.
0: <laughs>
1: we looked at the woe you know, misguided attempt at digitize turn based wrestling that was micro-league terrible. wrestling. Um, we looked at Sideways on Spy Hunter with the <laughs> Dire Road Warrior. <laughs> they should have just left. They shouldn't have made the game. Well, just, just walk away. away. <laughs> just stop the coding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we looked at the spread too thin of a, to- of a toast butter of guts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, then we looked at Venom Strikes Back, which was the Gremgin in full effect. Using the Gremgin, yeah. Full on Gremgin. Gremgin. Then we had the you know unpleasant gothic um yep. just no to that then we had gremjin was back again with north star yep. and then we had the slightly divisive target renegade at the end there but there we go um yeah so that's it that's june out of the way june is done there are no crap birds. i couldn't find any crap birds nothing that was worth a laugh so there's nothing to go through there so i can just go through the charts so down from 10 at number 10 this is according to commodore user of course uh up to number 10 is Ikari warriors down to number nine is exploding fist in at number eight 10 great games two from gremlin oh, Using on the Gremgin. Do they have what 10 great that? games? I was just going to say, if they got 10, that surprises me. I didn't think that. <laughs> is. You know, it's blowing your trumpet a bit, isn't it? These are great that's games. A These are um, 10 great games. Then uh, down to number, no, up to number seven, sorry, is Fruit Machine Simulator. Jesus Christ, people buy any old crap, won't <laughs> they? Uh, up to number six is Trapdoor. Ugh. Uh, new in at number five Packland. new in at number four target renegade new in at number three is we are the champions another compilation i think okay uh down to number two is ghostbusters and for some inexplicable reason which i can only assume is because the world snooker championship was on at some point going in at number one up four places is steve davis's snooker <laughs> what? that's that one we've reviewed three times what? versions of that that's not good is it it's not good no <sighs> Christ on a bike. Uh, also in the charts, number 11, we had Platoon, number 12, Dan Dare, 13, Grand Prix Simulator, 14, BMX Kids, 15, Kickstart 2, 16 was the top 10 collection from Elite, 17, Outrun, 18, BMX Simulator, down to 19 from number 2, that's quite the drop, Predator, word got out word got out <laughs> um the, the playground had spoken on that one i think and down to number 20 was popeye why that one's in the chart and trapped i have no idea anyway there you go that's the charts next month it's only a two-parter next month there's only 16 games Frankie. um so it's not a big it's not a big one um well it's actually 17 but one of them we won't be looking at because we've already done it before so we've got bionic commandos oh okay interesting brainstorm don't remember that at all no fifth quadrant all that gemstone warrior um nope. <laughs> Great Guyana Sisters. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Infiltrator 2 the next day. Oh no. Yeah. Then into it in- weirdly and we will mention this next month, but International Soccer has somehow got a full price release. Weird. Weird, yeah. weird, 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 Um intrigue. I don't know whether that's a nope. I think Carnov. Nope. Laser Tag. Oh dear, these names are starting to sound like they're going back to 1984. Monopoly. Monopoly Deluxe Monopoly, so the version of Monopoly. Mud. I think that I think Intrigue and Mud are their adventure game. Okay. Um because Mud is multi user dungeon in it. Panzer Grenadiers, but that's a strategy game I think. Pro Golf. Mm, okay. That doesn't sound good. Road Wars. No oh god no skate crazy oh no <laughs> Stormbr- the words crazy in games
2: never spelled good things <laughs> it never does does it stormbringer what does that sound like it might have good music
1: i think that does didn't we use that music for a demo i'm pretty sure we use that music in a demo it might have been that or storm warrior has got good music so oh it's pretty. one of the two is isn't it yeah uh tangent don't know much about that Nope, Thrust 2. Okay. Interesting. Weirdly enough, a little fact about Thrust 2 is Gary Penn did the graphic. Okay, would be interesting. I don't uh, tr- see them being too challenging. but no. <laughs> Trigger Happy. Eh. Who knows? And Wizard Wars. Okay, Wizard Wars. Why does that? Is that what we looked it at? was a Wizard War game? Uh, no, we had a crapvert. We looked at the crapvert a while back, I think. Oh, it was, yeah. had, it was the, uh, wizards, the Angry Wizards with the Strange no, that's Eyes.
2: That's right. What's the
1: other game that was
2: had Wizards dueling in it? Uh, Feud. Feud, yes. I wonder if it's
1: like that. Yeah uh i don't don't know i'm not sure no no idea um it. it's just a two episode it's just a two episode of july obviously the summer lull is in full effect back then it is and that's it that's it that's june done i want a great month there was some little
2: bits and bobs but as we found with may they're just for every two steps forward they're taking you know three backwards it seems sometimes i mean just uh, just the consistency of these things you know they're supposed to be getting good at this by now what they seem to be getting good at is n- not being very good um, or just taking cutting corners and rushing things out just to get that extra little bit of money so that you know yeah. um, and I think what a shame that is I don't
1: yeah know. just looking through the uh, three episodes I think Train Robbers and Oh No I'd re- maybe right. recommend those Top couple Alien Syndrome mm- mm. Maybe Grisel, I don't know. Alien Syndrome
2: was good. Grisel, there's there's lots of running and poking and stabbing and jumping (laughs) games, isn't there? There's been quite a few of them. I mean, we've got the ultimate game next month, so for that.
1: And probably Draconis, maybe Target Renegade, maybe. Draconis was good. Um, There's been some
2: good ones in there. I mean, but we've had it's it's the episode of Lee Enfield, Three Stooges, Win Bobner. Win Bobner. Just, you know, one piece of shit after another where we've just gone oh my god another one and another one vampire's empire is yep. in that lot i know um, um, you know and and yet we've got sensible have got a game out in in there haven't they oh no that was out in there yeah but yeah. but then it's just one thing after another after another and for every two steps forward there's been three back it's just stupid and still in adherence to try making vector games that don't work on the platform just still not pushing games out without thinking about the players and the design stop it just feels like they're just rushing them out because they know the bubble's bursting now
1: yeah that is true actually the the 16-bit machines are Well in effect now, aren't
2: they? Yeah, and I I, I actually was forgetting that some of these are probably 16-bit games, and these are D makes at the time. Yeah, definitely. And without without looking into it, I wonder if Micro League Wrestling may have been an Amiga. Well, I
1: think it was. I think it was. If you look at the Amiga version, it's way, way, way better. Yeah, Um, and that sort of makes
2: sense for that, and you can sort of see why they do it, but you think that somebody should have gone there and gone, "Don't, don't do it. You know, don't do that. There are still games out there, though. We've yet, yet to play Gianna Sisters next month. It's going to be interesting because you know that is controversial in its own little way as well. Of course, you know yeah. it, was, it was pulled I off the shelves and stuff. So
1: the thing with micro, the thing with these D, D makes is that yeah, I mean you have to consider that the, the Commodore sixty four is the biggest, biggest home selling micro of all time, isn't it?
0: Yeah, oh so yeah, yeah.
1: So, so it's going to have a massive at the time it would have a massive user base in the States and the is, So the the 16 bit machines were still finding their feet at this point. So if you mm. could make a cheap DMake and get it down onto that version and, and, you know, get a few thousand, 10,000 sales, something like that on, on that, especially with something like a wrestling mm. game, you imagine the amount of people that yeah. would, would have snapped that up. You, you can see why they would, would do it. It's not a, it's yeah. not a quality thing. It's yeah. a, it's a money thing. It's a, it's that market needs to be hit and fed. But, We've got some big titles that we know are going to be
2: coming on the horizon at some point. Last Ninja Two's got to be coming soon. Yeah, I was, yeah, yes. And Tusker, which is another one, and there's a few games like that that we've yet to come across. And um, H- Hawkeye
1: is another one, I think.
2: Yeah, Hawkeye's out there. There's a few, a couple of Thalamus ones we've yet to come across. You know, yeah. There's still a lot, a lot of there's everything to play for. And I think it just, it's May and June has felt to me like where the good games are good. They're really good, but there's far too many that are just skating down average avenue of, oh, or worse proper stinkers yeah i mean really bad but we've probably always had them it just feels like, i think my expectations are that we should have been getting better games by now and in my memory i thought we did but in <laughs> the actuality i realized how picky i must have been um yeah. because so many of these crappy games i managed to avoid back then i mean I, yeah. i've never come across win Bobner until we played this no, I no and yet i must have read about it in the magazine at the time so i must have gone god that looks rubbish i'm not playing that um, yeah, you'd see the review in Zap go, what, 12, 8%, no chance. Yeah, but we've got, you know, we've got some amazing highlights to come, yet. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm not holding out, I, I start to feel a bit like this, dis, what's the word, dis, not disappointed, but I just start to get a bit like, disheartened. And then I, in the back of my mind, I think, remember, you've still got things like Zach McCracken, Rocket Ranger, you've still got those sort of things, Last Ninja 2. Yeah. There's loads three. of stuff Last yet Ninja to 3 come, well. yeah. Three as well. There's loads of stuff to come that we haven't got to yet. This, you know, and I'm not letting these crappy games ruin the ruin it for no. me. I'm going to wait till like we get to some of the good ones.
1: Creatures, yeah, um, and Monster in or whatever it's called. Yeah, like, yeah, that comes way, but way later. But yes, there is. Yeah, there's stuff.
2: Yeah, Myth. I mean, we've got Myth to come, and Ter- there's, loads of, there's loads of games. Quite, yeah,
1: remember, exactly.
2: You know, good. there are some great games to come. And I think I am not going to let these Bobners and these Lee Enfields ruin <laughs> that for me. Um, but you know, it amazes me what people have released back in 1988 and hope to and make try make a book out of it. I mean, goodness me! So they're playing they're playing the ratio game, aren't they? Now release enough games, release enough. You've got what? How many Commodore owners were around at this time? Millions. Millions. So, yeah, yeah. So you know, if even if you know three percent buy your game, that's you're going to be earning quite a bit of money from that. Ten quid a shot. Yeah. So. So yeah, yeah. they're playing the numbers game now, which is why these things get released. I think,
1: yeah, probably. There's, you
2: know, there's enough suckers out there who go to go. Well, that looks all right. That Lee Enfield with grandmas going. I'd get Lee Enfield for you, <laughs> agent, because he's got dungeons, and you know you like dungeons. Why are you trapping? Me? Ah, <laughs> sorry. Did I not say ladders were broken? Oh. <laughs>
1: Poor
0: grandma,
1: <laughs> it's always best of intentions, but always dead. <laughs> you just hear a sort of
2: heavy grating sound as you push the uh lid back on the manhole.
1: <laughs> Enjoy it down there. With the ch- Enjoy it down there with the chuds. <laughs> it's a bit dark down here, Adrian. Just uh, th- shh.
2: You be quiet down there. Your, it's just your cataract. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, it's a a new dear.
1: You're going to be in there a while. Uh, Be quiet. (laughs) Indeed, right. I think we need to finish. We do. Uh, We do. We've got more to come, and I'm sure there'll be ups and downs. We'll see how that goes. Hang in there, people. There's good stuff coming. Absolutely. As we start... I mean, we're, obviously, this is 2023, but we're, you know, we're already midway through What we've, we've still got like three or four years worth of content still to, oh, waves to through. go. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Anyway, um, if you wish to support the podcast, you can do that. You can head over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zap to the past. You can join up to the one pound tier, which is very grateful. And if you want to do that, or you can join us at the full C64 tier uh, for the pretty much about the price of a pint of beer, or well, probably less than that nowadays. And for that, you get early access to the episodes you get the ability to ask us questions or ask the podcast stuff you get access to our discord server and everything that's going on there Um, ad free episodes as well so you know and you help us out it's a massive a massive boon to us uh, to show your support Um, if you want to do that go over there Um, if you can't do that you know, give us a give us a share on Twitter or Facebook or someone like that. Give us a shout out. Tell somebody you might you might think might like us. It's the way, you know, we we grow and get get better and, and bigger and more people listen, so it's all good. And, you know, if you're into your C sixty four stuff or retro stuff, just uh give us a shout if you want. You can do that. Or, you know, uh what's the other one? Rate your reviewers, iTunes. Yes. I don't yes, I don't know what it does, do. but you know, do it if you can. Just give us a nice review or not. It's up to you. Just do something. No, do give us a nice review. Don't give us nasty ones. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, so I don't think I've got anything more to say. Um, Hopefully I'll be feeling a bit better when we record our next one, but hopefully you enjoyed these couple. You got anything you wish to add, Mr. Addings? No, no,
2: just want, you know, hopefully you'll be rid of the vid and then we can, uh, no, no, I've said everything now. Just it's time to
1: uh, rest. Indeed. So as ever, I have been, (laughs) I have been Frognum. (laughs)
2: <laughs> i have been grain ruddings i don't like this frogman business
1: <laughs> and you have been listening and you've been listening to uh ruined ruined it <laughs> it's ruined um and we will see you again next week so take care and we'll see you then bye-bye
2: thank you for listening to the zap to the past podcast